All right, thanks for hitting download on the uh, latest episode of the New Blood Rising podcast. It's episode number I don't fucking know one between somewhere between 100 and 150. You can see it in the feed. I'm William Rankin, joined by uh, Jason Kiesler. All right, William can't count. Great. And uh, Charlie Stabile with New Internet. How are you? Doing well. Doing good. I am connected. Uh, if you've never heard the show, we uh, review wrestling in a timeline type of way. We're in season five. We're taking a look at WCW. We call it from Sting to Hogan. I think you can get the point why. Maybe it's. Uh, we started off with the Great American Bash in 1990. We're going to be going through um, the Bash at the Beach of 1994 when Hulk Hogan, uh, you know, heads down south. You've seen the movie. All right. So um, we're also part of the Questionable Endeavor Network. Uh, we're in here also cool shows like uh, the Rottitude podcast. Son of a bitch at a five hour episode. <laughs> I can't believe that this guy's done. Henry's done two five hour episodes in the course of a month. That's so much podcasting. That's insane. And uh, it's really good, though. Uh, the latest episode, Royal Rumble 99, the day and the night after is really good because there's a lot of cool. There's a lot of memorable things that happen that that raw after the Royal Rumble with uh it's neat. I had completely forgotten about some of the cool things that pop out. So definitely give it a listen. Um, but yeah, here we go. Where are we at today, folks? We're at Clash of the Champions 15, a.k.a. Knoxville, USA. It's clever. It's wordplay. Um, what a stupid-ass name. Yeah. Yeah. It's. It feels like it should be a showcase for the Freebirds because it's so close to Bad Street, USA. Like It just feels like it's really, really close to to be in a Freebird show. Thank fucking God it's not, because those guys need to go they the sh- fuck away. <laughs> they, need, they should introduce a new character and call him Knoxville. <laughs> I'm shocked that he's not in, their, Dude, that- in that fucking stable. Like, we've got Fantasia, Bad Street. And, right? I mean, they might as well. You know, Diamond <laughs> Bitch or whatever her name is. Street. I don't know. Yeah, 80,000 Diamond Dog. <laughs> this is going to be an angry podcast. No kidding. Uh, <laughs> See, the, what's interesting is William's tone changed dramatically between the pre-record, hitting record, and after. <laughs> he did. <laughs> uh, but but one thing I will say, as dumb as the Knoxville, USA name is, the Simpsons-based intro is fantastic. Because mm. that's immediately what comes to mind. I was just like, oh, man, please, let's get Lex Luger type walking on the chalkboard. Not walking, riding on chalkboard. I will get charisma. I will have it. Um, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. Um, Knoxville. Pre- I will not get scared of my pyro. <laughs> uh, City Coliseum. It's pretty happening tonight for the uh, the the clash here. And like you said, I like that that montage was the only thing that made me pop was oh, it's our first Austin sighting. There it is. Oh. Hello. I'm pretty sure he is on that montage longer than his match, but we'll <laughs> but we'll see. Um, we open up. Missy Hyatt is on the ramp. Introduces the show and then Paul Lee frantically returns from the shitter, uh, and is is he's pretty uh, he's pretty amped up because he didn't know that they were live. But nevertheless, they stay on him for all of two seconds before it's like, all right, let's just send it to Jr. and Tony at ringside, which is awesome because uh, Dusty can just sit this one out. I think it's good that um, that Dusty probably uh, takes a knee, so to speak. Just do it, <laughs> folks. Turn the anthem. Um, <laughs> Real quick, I just remember just before we dive into this. Uh, of course, at Lincoln Phoenix always sends us cool notes about what's going on. Real, real quick. Number one movie in the USA, 
Anyone want to take a stab? We're because we're in June of 1991. So June of 91. It's like yeah. two weeks before Terminator 2. So uh, this is the week ending specifically June 9th. June 9th, 1991. Huh. Um. I can't think. Is it, is it still Silence of the Lambs? Uh, no, no, it's, um, this is fitting because, uh, Charlie will be doing a podcast that ties into this a little bit. It's City Slickers. Oh, damn. Uh, damn, damn, damn. Songs, number one song in the USA, more than words by extreme. It's extreme, folks. <laughs> it's extreme. <laughs> um, number one song in the UK. <laughs> number one song in the USA is I Want to Sex You Up by Color Me Bad. Or is yes? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> what a drastic change of song. Yeah, that's no. Get right here. We're gonna go sideways again here because the number one song in Australia is the Grease Mega Mix by Olivia Newton-John and John Travolta. <laughs> Dude, that thing just what? would never die because it pops back up like when I'm in high school too. And it's sort of like Olivia Newton-John's boyfriend that disappeared, like he'll never die. Maybe he did, maybe he didn't. It seems like every few years it shifts. Maybe he did, I don't know. I've never seen somebody want to get away from somebody so bad that he just drops off the face of the earth completely. <laughs> I've thought about it. <laughs> hey, remember, the earth is flat, Will. The believers of the flat earthers are all around the globe. That's the I best. I still love that statement. That's the best tweet. Um... Quick recap of champions in, w, uh, in WCW first. Ric Flair is the world champion. The WCW slash IWGP tag team champions are the Steiner brothers. U.S. champion is Lex Luger. The uh, the U.S. tag team champions are the Freebirds. The six-man tag team champions, technically by like the recording, is, um, is JYD, Ricky Morton, and Tommy Rich. However, um, they have been defeated by the Freebirds, of course. Those fuckers have got the belts now. So... The, They've got the they've got the six man tag team titles, even though I don't think they call them that on the show. So I don't think it's technically they've broadcast it yet. It's the same for the TV champion because we don't see Bobby Eaton come out with it. And if you watch closely during a certain guy's uh, coming to a the uh, arena <laughs> near you, that's right, folks. It's stunning Steve Austin. He's already the TV champion, but it just hasn't. <laughs> it doesn't air for like another twenty days, another three weeks no. or so. Hang on, I've got to go edit my notes to not bring that up. <laughs> I, was like, I saw it, and I was like, what? <laughs> I remember that on TV, too. I think it was the first title change I ever saw on TV, and it was really wild, because it was like, I, I I remember up to that point, Bobby Eaton had a ton of TV matches because he's the TV champion, but I, it was like, wow, here comes Steve Austin, and yeah, they... I. I know it's on one of his DVDs. They show the finish of it. And it was like, yeah, it was so wild to see like, oh my God, a title change hands on television. And there you go. So uh, we'll be seeing that soon. WWF, Hulk Hogan, champion still. Mr. Perfect, Intercontinental Champion, Nasty Boys, WWF Tag Team Champions. Um, I mentioned you get this to you guys off air. A recent edition of the WWE Network's Hidden Gems section is Meet the Luger from 1984. This is Lex Luger's television debut for a championship wrestling from Florida. It also features Percy Pringle and Rick Rude. Um, JYD was the biggest star of Bill Watts' Mid-South Wrestling from 80 to 84 when he left for the WWF. Mid-South would later become Universal Wrestling Federation in 1986 and was, and, uh, was bought by J. 
Jim Crockett promotions in 87. However, this is not the last time we'll see Bill, Bill Watts. We know this. It's coming around pretty soon. He'll be in WCW running things. Uh, he, this is the, my favorite part. This is an amusing footnote. There is another UWF, a New York-based promotion run by Herb Abrams. The company would run from 1990 to 94. On July 23, 1996, while high on cocaine, Herb Abrams was found naked, covered in what police described as a Vaseline-type substance in the company of prostitutes, destroying furniture in his office with a baseball bat. <laughs> he would later die of a heart attack covered in cocaine while in police custody. <laughs> what an awesome way to go. I mean... Yes. I mean, if you're going to go that way, go that way. That's so good. (laughs) That's extreme. That is extreme. (laughs) I kind of want to see that guy get mic'd up and do a promo while all that's going on. Oh, my God. Let me tell you something. I should buy a wrestling company. I did. It's just I'm here. (laughs) So good. So, uh, all right. So, uh, tonight we got our main event. Really cool when you look out on paper, two out of three falls. It's Bobby Eaton versus Ric Flair for the world title. Um, and oh. we, and guess what, folks? You can talk to Bobby Eaton about it on the hotline. That's Are you awesome. Excited about your I, I, I can't imagine it being a very exciting conversation. <laughs> yes. As much as I like Bobby Eaton. Right. Uh huh. Uh-huh. We've yeah. heard like he's seems the like, nicest yeah, guy like ever. A lot of, of one word answers. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> it'll be like the the Jericho podcast where he interviewed Mike Tyson. So, Mike, I mean, oh, tell me, God. how exciting was it when you got to be a part of WrestleMania 14? It was exciting, Chris. <laughs> it's the worst. It's one of the worst. Even he said it was like it was challenging. He was really nice in how he he described how challenging it was, but it was not great at all. Pretty bad. <laughs> Side note, I hear Jericho does amazing work in Kevin Smith's new whatever he's doing. Uh, he's He actually has to be his own cameraman and act in this thing. It's pretty wild. I forget what it's called. It's something they shot in Florida. But I was like, all right, cool. Can't wait to see it. All right. Let's get this out of the way. It's a fabulous Freebirds <laughs> and Bad Street with Diamond Dallas Page, Diamond Doll, Dink Dummy Dumbass versus... <laughs> The Young Pistols and the Z-Man. Jason, take it away. <laughs> so uh, we have the prototype of the NWO being the Diamond Exchange with just the flood of people that keep coming out. And, you know, you don't think of Gary Michael Capetta getting winded in the first match, introducing <laughs> 8 million people. Um <laughs> I had to rewind it a couple times and then re- put it with the uh, closed caption on because I could have sworn he says Big Daddy Dick. Um, <laughs> but according to the according to the closed captioning, it is unintelligible dink. <laughs> so, <laughs> so here we have the Freebirds and Bad Street versus the Young Pistols and Z-Man. There, when the faces come out. There is so much pointing to the camera and talking, and like at some point they all three do it at the same time. But I think Tracy Smothers is like a little half second delay, so it reminds me of the commercial and Ghostbusters are here for you, you. Like just, Jason, if you it. watch closely, the Z-Man still reminds us it's what we're watching. That is from WCW. We're yep. W- yes. Thank, thank yeah, God I still for work here. Yeah, I still work here. Uh. <laughs> Hashtag still here for the Broski Zack Ryder. Um, 
so the uh, it's just it's so fucking funny, man. How they go? Is it just me, or does this ring look unusually small? Yeah, I thought the same thing, yeah. dude. I was like, this, even by WCW standards, this ring is tiny. Looks really yeah. small too, with six guys in there. <clears throat> Maybe well, that's it. <laughs> I don't uh, it could be. Uh, and then I was like, then there's Diamond Doll number forty, who's the wife of Bela No before. Um, you know, it's, <laughs> it's all kind of crazy. Uh, we go for multiple man spots really early on in this match. It's like they're not wasting any time with with any kind of slow build. It's like, here we go. But I, I forgot, the, really, to me, the most interesting part of this entire match is Tracy Smothers wrestling to get his uh, cowboy briefs off. I forgot what those things are called. Someone help me out here. Chaps. The chaps. It takes him forever to get the chaps off. It is fucking hilarious. I swear he looks over at Z-Man and goes, buy me some time, and Z-Man just starts pointing at the crowd. Um, <laughs> going, so... He just whips his dick That's out. He just whips it out. <laughs> How you doing? The sexiest man. He makes a WCW motion with his dick. He's like, yes. That's <laughs> <laughs> it, Harvey. Uh, <laughs> Spits on his own dick. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) Does this look like a TV title to you? How about now? Um, Oh, God. (laughs) Salt and Pepper will go to any wrestling company. My God, you're right. (laughs) But but in fairness, they were in WCW first. (laughs) So, I mean... um, so, you know, we got that going. Uh, the multiple leapfrog spot, to me, really points out how small the ring is, um, especially when Michael Hayes tries to come in and Tracy Smothers or God, whoever Armstrong this is, because they're so indistinguishable and bland. Um, I don't want to get yelled right. at. It's Steve Armstrong. Can we let's 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 avoid the controversy. It's Steve well, I got I think, you. The S where I'm getting at is the whole point is that these two guys are so generic. <laughs> I know. Um, and it's like, I'm sorry, I'm not a big fan of brown on wrestlers' gear. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's just so good. Um, Subconsciously, I'm not either. I never really thought about it. <laughs> I noticed it like one of the, I think it was SummerSlam last year, Jinder Mahal tights he was wearing were like brown. And as you know, as, as naturally brown his skin is, I thought for a second he's coming out naked. I go, "That's a champ." That's a champ. I really would have loved. I would have loved if there was a really loaded fan that you could catch on the mic that was yelling, "More like the young pussies!" Woo! <laughs> Yo, and it's still as many times, and I will never stop saying it. I can't stand how every little offensive move they do, they celebrate like they just want a fucking belt. Yeah. It would be fine if they were heels and it was supposed to grate your nerves, but it's like, I did a hip toss. I did a hit. You know, they start bouncing and jumping around. It's, it's, it's not something. That's something jobbers do. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're yeah. Right. It's a good point. I might pull it out, fellas. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, well, I mean, you know, the one, two, three kid ruined that for all of us. You can never, yes, yes. never count out a job spot. Um, so at this point, the Freebirds have a two-on-one advantage with Garvin. He's holding one of the young pistols in the ring while Bad Streets just stand there punching him. Meanwhile, referee Bill Alfonso is just leaning up against the turnbuckles watching it. Like, it's no, like, get out of here. Michael Hayes. 
decides to join in, and it's two guys punching one dude, being held by one dude. And while Fonzie just kind of still leaning up against the turnbuckle, glances over at the face's corner like, y'all going to do anything about this? Where finally they jump in. But the heels, uh, you know, as everybody starts fighting it, it turns into a Pier 6 brawl, as Tony Schiavone likes to say. Um, Fonzie's still in the corner, letting it happen, just watching and waiting. The Freebirds toss all the faces out of the ring. They immediately jump right back in, and then they're pummeled again by the Freebirds. As then they turn around and throw them out the other side of the ring, almost like, whoops, we fucked up and threw them on the wrong side of hard cam. The faces jump up on it. They do a three-person sunset flip, and then here we go. Fonzie has just been waiting for his moment. As And normally I hate multi-person pins, but when Bill Alphonse goes one, Michael P.S. Hayes, two, Bad Street, three, Jimmy Jam Garvin, as he catches each person while making sure to get perfect view of their shoulders, it was really cool for that pin. I gave this match a six, the highest I will ever give any Young Pistols and Freebirds anything. All right, Charlie, what'd you think of this? What the hell? Oh, man. Um, Jason pretty much covered everything, so I'll just talk about this uh, triple sunset flip business. Um, Boy, it makes the Freebirds just look like asses. Uh, Like, if all three of them got pinned, like, not one could kick out. Not one. Like, it just, it it looks like shit. It it totally kills their credibility for me. I'm just like, oh, one of them's got to kick out. No. No, no, they all job to a sunset flip. It just—it makes them look just weak and stupid. I, I didn't, I, I didn't care for this. I gave it a four. Yeah, this is pretty shitty. I gave it a four as well. I, uh, I thought that the thing that made me laugh at the triple sunset flip is just well. First off, how bad did Fonzie like do that crappy like with these uh those flare matches where yeah you're curtain jerking now. Have a nice day, fuck face. You know, it's like, okay. But then you're right, Jason. Like, he gets all loaded up for that finish. He's just sort of like, I'm not, I don't really care about most of this match, but you know what? I'm going to put all my effort into this triple sunset pin, which I, I looked at it two ways. I was like, you know what? If I was a kid watching this, I'd be like, oh, that's so cool, blah, blah, blah. Well, I'm not. I'm an adult. It's garbage. Um, and you're right, Charlie, because we've been seeing the last, like, fucking two shows. These guys are, like, building up to be, like, this unstoppable like stable right like i mean like they're winning no no more <laughs> exactly and like and what's also what's funny is jason you said which armstrong well bad street is brad armstrong i i thought that would have been a funny reveal if they actually did something with it maybe they will i don't know i i was i love reading scott keith's blog of doom going through some of these shows just to kind of get you know some other perspective and he, he was joke he said in there that they um they i guess like the the dirt i don't know behind the scenes the joke was they called him brad street which i thought was funny i was like "Ah." i'm about to say that rice itself it does it really (laughs) does but um yeah that uh that finish is just ridiculous (laughs) and i again like it it seems like it checks off all the boxes that i would normally give like oh yeah a lot of high energy blah 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 i just hate finishes like this now like it just doesn't work um, when I watch wrestling now, and I'd say the same thing if it came on WWE. If Steve Austin, Bret Hart, and The Undertaker did it to some team, I'd still think it was the worst. Jesus. Undertaker <laughs> doing a sunset flip. <laughs> Who would they do it to? <laughs> First of all, 
Can you imagine him pulling somebody down? The bushwhackers. I'm so tall. Just, hold on, man. I gotta, I gotta maneuver you down to where my, my legs are. Hold on. Here we go. Right sensor. He does it to Bull Buchanan. Yeah. See, three of my three of my points of the six come from Fonzie's pin. Yeah, because it's that, that's where I'm, uh, yeah, I don't think for one second that that match is worth a damn. And it's just like that out of the blue. Oh, I got you, man. And it's it's so fine. Small. I just he looks off. it doesn't make sense because it's like they're not legal. There's only one guy who's legal. That's true, you too. Dumbass. Each legal guy is not paired up with the other. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Yeah, I didn't think of that. But I, I do have this uh, this image in my head of Taker doing a sunset flip <laughs> and doing his best to pull them down, and he can't quite pull them down, and he, and he just goes, Help, <laughs> Help me, Taka! Taka Mishinoki. Undertaker does a sunset flip to Taka, and he needs help. <laughs> Come on! <laughs> on him like any big guy he sits on a little person. Yeah, Taka's pin. That's how Taka beats Boogerhead for the hardcore title. This is, oh uh, God. It, it, it's, it's the Davy Boy Smith Bret Hart pin from SummerSlam 92. Wouldn't it, like, so imagine if they did it like the, the Shawn Michaels, Matt, where like camera goes down to Taka, he's shocked, looks up at Taker, he does the, the next slash and just sits on him. <laughs> <laughs> you, you just hear an audible, Hurt. <laughs> Help me! That's what we needed on Monday. Was Takamichi Noka coming out and cutting a promo on the Undertaker for the Triple H match? That's what we needed. <sighs> Jesus! All right, so let's go to a wow. A lot of work. Wait, 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 wait. So he goes to Tombstone. Taka. Yeah. Taka reverses it into a Mishinoku driver. <laughs> You see Taka falling back and picking him up. I'm almost choking out of that image. <laughs> and, he, and Taka makes that sound he used to make. Hey, hey! You know, yeah. I like it if it completely failed and he just fell flat on his back because the weight is so much. <laughs> <laughs> and Taker turns it like into Roman his pants. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Taker just immediately crosses the arms like, I'm getting out of here. I fucking hate Poughkeepsie. <laughs> he his own arms and no, he just gets up, punches the shit out of him, lays lays on his back and pulls the unconscious Taka. Count, damn it. <laughs> wow. Uh, All right. Um we're off to a good start. We're going to a commercial now for the Flash and Bash sweep stakes. Alright, now listen closely, because there's a lot you gotta do with this. First of all, you can win a <laughs> You're going to win a trip to the Great American Bash, a stay at the Omni Hotel, 700 bucks in Ric Flair's Rolex, or one of 200 Ric Flair signature shirts. So that's, you know. <laughs> I know. I think that's so shitty. <laughs> what the hell? Like, when, when like Ric Flair's, like, talking to the camera and he's, like, putting it over. What the hell did they bleep? Well, that's 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 part of the. Figure out, Charlie. This is, this is where you need to pay attention, Charlie. You need to go watch the main event from that week. So that way you can. But, uh. So, yeah, I was really thrown off because I was like, why did they censor you? Did you just go like, WWF, fuck your face, Chris Benoit, bum, 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 bum. 
means all the things you can't say. <laughs> and it's, like, like, what cracks me too is like they go finish this iconic statement, and you see Ric Flair, and you're you're expecting to be the man. You got beat the man. It's like I've never heard Ric Flair say these words in his life. Never. <laughs> Let me to tell you a little story about Vince McMahon. <laughs> 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 yeah, so you gotta. So the whole thing is you've you've got to tune into the main event. Boy, what a way to sell a show! This is perfect. Yeah. This, <laughs> this you got to go watch the main event later on, like the next episode. I uh, and then hear the rest of the promo, and then you got to send it in, send it in via mail because <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of work here. <laughs> it's too much work. You people, might. What should people you quit their jobs to join the sweepstakes? <laughs> You might win a neon pink T-shirt with Ric Flair's signature embroiled on it. <laughs> I, and, and what's great Ooh. is like this isn't probably the craziest like like WCW thing on this show that they're offering fans. The one later, I'm like, wow, <laughs> this was happening in '91. I can't wait. But Charlie, can I just get that Buff Bagwell surf <laughs> or, or whatever, <laughs> whatever that thing was? It looks just fucking awesome. <laughs> So up next, expensive entrance and all, and a shitty cover of Another One Bites the Dust, it's Oz taking on Johnny Rich. So has Kevin Sullivan already abandoned him? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, he doesn't need that guy. Welcome to Brad Arnold. He's also the wizard. The the first note I actually wrote was, holy shit, this happened twice? (laughs) I've never heard of the second Oz appearance before, so I I was in for a treat. Uh, the music, it, uh, <laughs> I, I don't know, I don't know what that is. Um, it's really ridiculous that Kevin Nash wears that mask. Yeah, like, I, I can't, I can't harp on that enough. It just, he looks like a really intimidating uh, person, and then he just takes that mask it off. It looks like the Burger King thing. Like that's it, what it reminds me of. Yeah, kinda. <laughs> <laughs> um, I really, actually, this is when I, I started really liking the crowd. Uh, Kevin Nash. I can't remember what movie did, but he covers Johnny Rich, and he he Kevin Nash breaks up his own his own three count right at about the two and a half mark, and like the entire front row uh, opposite the hard cam just yeah, <laughs> like these guys are all in on Kevin Nash uh, doing this character, and God damn that that tornado power bomb uh, just looked like he broke the fucker's neck and. <laughs> Like it just like he spun. He was still spinning after he hit the ground. Uh, it just I was like, man, just fucking pin him. Uh, you guys mentioned something on on Twitter. I, I must have missed it about the sound quality that's going on here uh, yeah. with the impact of the mat. Yeah. I mean, what what was that about? It sounds like because like it's even the it's, I think it's with the sidewalk slam that he does before. There are two moves. <laughs> Where like this the the sound of the sound like the it sounds like something happened to the mic because it sounds like like backbreaking <laughs> like it sounds like something really bad happened. Don't it's try this at home. On concrete. It's yeah. what it sounds like. I don't think uh, we ever saw Johnny Rich again. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but welcome to Oz. <laughs> Oz is what we call the infirmary. It's more like Johnny Benefits yeah. is what he's going to be called. <laughs> <laughs> He's not going to be around much longer. Johnny, Johnny single pair. <laughs> Johnny workers comp. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. <laughs> okay. I'm a little fucked um, up, guys. 
I as as uh, you know <clears throat> as much as I would like to, I just can't hate this. I actually have fun almost every time I see this character. I gave this a five. All right, Jason, what do you think? So the the spectacle and mystique of Oz's castle is significantly undercut when the fog machine blows a little too hard and you see the whole thing wave like a big flag. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, I mean, like, like I hope someone still has that fucking thing because it is cool. I mean, just that big curtain's like, look at that. I paid thousands of dollars for that. We like twice. So. Um, the, uh, the, you know, I don't know if that was Kevin Sullivan or not, but someone got into his ear and clearly said, don't you dare say welcome to Oz. I will fucking kill you. Because we don't get any. Um, when Oz goes and hits that shoulder tackle on poor Johnny Rich, uh, the best thing is, though, is he rolls into the landing. So that does look cool. He doesn't just, like, stiff and then fall face down. I really like it. But old Stone Cold Cloris Leachman is not a fan of Oz breaking up his own pinfall because that's when she comes up and makes her first appearance and presence felt of the night. This lady is great. Um, Clubbing forearm blow right to the upper back area, also known as the shoulders. Jim Roth, they're trying so hard to be Gorilla Monsoon and saying all this incorrect stuff. It just cracks me up. It's it's so bad. Um, I, too was a tremendous fan of this match, uh, which is so weird because everyone's, you know, you hear it's lore. Oz was shit. Oz was shit. It might have been, but, man, this is fun to just watch some dude murder somebody. Um, <laughs> because the one thing, I, Charlie, that, that you that you missed is when Oz clotheslines Johnny Rich and he tries to do the 360 air cell. Oh, yeah. Gravity oh, goes, yeah. not today. <laughs> Shivani goes, he's knocked out. No, I think he's dead. <laughs> it's probably the best replay that we've seen this season. Like, it's pretty it's, good. It's the, the one time the replay has done the opposite of betray the finish. Very <laughs> yeah. few. Um, because of, of poor Johnny Rich, and, and this will make sense in a second, is this reminds me of the very first time I ever got high. I tried to play Mortal Kombat 3 <laughs> against somebody. And in my head, I'm like, I'm doing everything. Like, in my head, I'm like, yeah, I'm I'm hitting this. But on screen, Scorpion is just standing there because my thumbs aren't fucking moving. And the other guy, he's got Striker, the worst character in the game. The same thing happened to Johnny Rich. I mean, I don't think his controller was plugged in or something because he didn't do shit except Um, But it was super fun. Uh, and Tommy Rich's sacrifice will not be in vain. He gets a six from me as well. I feel like uh, James Halliday was looking over at you going, you play it or not? <laughs> you want it? Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't like this. I gave it a three. Um, uh, but I tell you, my favorite parts of this come, like I think, with commentary because Tony says, and I love this, I love that he says this, you know, you see, we see a lot of clotheslines in WCW. <laughs> yeah, he tries to make it sound like Oz has the most devastating clothesline. Yeah, and it's like, oh man, can't do it. Uh, Jr., I, I'm, <laughs> I wonder if he had another word in mind and he audibled out at the last second because he goes, he drops him like a sack of yesterday's news. <laughs> <laughs> That would have been the best. 
1991 W or TBS primetime television. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Jan. <laughs> Sorry, <Yeah>. FCC. <laughs> Yesterday's news. <laughs> Clearly, Jim Ross is not a fan of the media. <laughs> but I mean, like the the one thing I will say is like I mean, you're right, Charlie. Like as much as like people say. Oz was, oh, Oz was the worst. It's like, it's not the worst. Bunch um, of fucking edgelords. No, it, it's really not. <laughs> I've been happy with Oz, like, like with both times. I mean, these are, for squash matches, these are fucking stellar. Yeah, they're fine. And, I mean, and, he just doesn't have I, a lot I, of I like charisma. We get to see, well, I like that we get to see the beginnings of Kevin Nash's entire offensive onslaught. Like with like sidewalk slam, I'm like, oh boy. Oh, he's got the big guy handbook, like, and he's he's he fucking big, dude. Even even like, I have never seen Scott Hall do a sidewalk slam before until he's about 300 pounds, like he is in oh. WCW, and then he's doing it. Yeah. I, I, I'm allowed to do it. I'm allowed, I'm allowed. <laughs> you're, you're a big man. You know what's you're a big weird? Man. Is Kevin Nash has already been super shredder by this point? Yes, because I, Ninja <clears throat> Turtle came out in March. So we'd already, you would think like we WWE would be all over this shit. He would have had a push start the week before the movie came out and would be the Intercontinental Champion by now. It, <laughs> it is funny how they made him look like a hundred percent cooler. Like put on some sunglasses, let's get the hair black, and, get your goatee, yeah. like a really cool one. Yeah, yeah. like yeah, because Diesel was. I'm sorry, like, people look, like, that's another one. People look at Diesel as a failure. I, I fucking love Diesel. Oh, Diesel's awesome. Diesel is cool. He's a great character. Yeah, Big Daddy, cool. Literally, yeah, literally, yeah. He, I, he was a great character. I don't know if I would have given him the belt for a year, but uh, no. he's still a, a cool character. Really cool, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, I'll just, I, I will be more excited when we see this guy, we see Oz, like, wrestle, like, wrestle a match. Like, have to, like, work with somebody. But Is this going to continue? I don't know. That's the thing. I, I've... I don't. Obviously, we know it doesn't last terribly long because it is, in the end, this laughable thing. So, um, but I'd still be curious to see if you know. Yeah, actually... I want to see a clinic with Oz. Yeah, <laughs> I want to see him Oz and Spivey. Big Josh. Yeah, there we go. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, I want suplexes. <laughs> I, I want. Uh, I want you know fucking DDTs and hammerlocks. <laughs> I'd love to see him go up to Spivey, and Spivey's like, all right, what do you want to do tonight, kid? Well, I'd like to do a sidewalk slam. Oh, you do, do you? <laughs> cool. As long as I get every other wrestler's signature move, that's fine. <laughs> um, all right, so I love... So there's two things on this show that are really geared towards if you've never... A if, a, if you've never watched WCW on television, or B, like, I'm trying to get you to go to the house shows... The first thing are those Knoxville notes. They're nothing really fun to, I, I, to, to talk about really. Like Jason, you probably brought up the best, you know, thing to do with them is just the misspelling they have because they're going so fast. But uh, the other thing they do is uh, coming to an arena near you, and they kind of promote these new guys that are going to be coming in. The first one is PN News. Um, <laughs> and what's hilarious is they cut to these drunk Miller High Life girls who are just having a great time with hip hop. Yeah, this is so much fun. This generic crappy hip hop. Um, we saw PN News briefly in season three, briefly, uh, with ECW, like at like the the wrong stage the of ball. his career. <laughs> so yeah, so 
Was he PN fake news? I, I, I don't <laughs> <know>. <laughs> Boy, what a oh, that's a perfect character for nowadays. That'd have been perfect. <laughs> That'd be really, really cool. Yeah. but um, it wouldn't really. I don't. I don't know where the news part comes from with his character. So I know, so, man. Yeah, if, he, that in. if he was rapping about what was going on in, in the world, <laughs> that's awesome. This really yeah, feels like him up. You this, team him up with fake uh, news Barrett. Oh and, my god! Oh man, I th- I think that would be a hell of a combination. It's a good team. I like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this totally screams of white guys coming, like white guys looking at what's going on, quote unquote, urban, and they're like, "Oh, it's not good. We need to, we need to bring this in. This will get the kids going." <laughs> um. All right. So up next, we've got Dangerous Dan Spivey versus Big Josh. Which, if you look at it in a vacuum, it's like, who fucking cares? But in our season, um, this actually the. I was a little excited just because I was like, okay, both these guys have been tracking, you know, upwards. You know, they've been get they've been they've been getting wins. So it's like, all right, what's gonna give here? First off, man, Charlie, this will this is a joke. Maybe you'll enjoy more than Jason. Uh, they say Josh is from North the Northwoods. North I was like, Mall. the mall. Yep, right too. <laughs> Did you fucking write it? Too? Yep, yep. I was like, it's from Northwoods North Mall. Mall. I no. They keep saying he's from Northwoods, and every time they say it, I, I you know, it's living in Charleston. It's like, oh, Northwoods Mall. <laughs> I wrote it too. I was like, because they must say it like four times. He's from the Northwoods. <laughs> Man, what a difference in punches. Uh, when when Spivey punches, looks like a pretty good left hand working punch. Big Josh just can't even hit him. Like it's like no. he's not even hitting him at all. And it's like. He took that Ric Flair thing to heart, where he's like, man, I, I got to make it look like I'm not even hitting him. And people will be convinced. I'm not convinced. It doesn't look good. Sorry. I'm sorry, Bourne. We need to do better. Um, <laughs> does Dan Spivey need to do a Japanese arm drag to a smaller no. guy? <laughs> I'm going to say yes. Because <laughs> <laughs> he took one from Ricky. Rick, was, it, was it Ricky Morton last time? He took one from yeah. him. So now he's going to give one. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> that was a pretty cool That's move, it. Morton. That's his gimmick. He absorbs everyone else's moves. Yeah, Dan the Spivey. Or Dan the Sponge Spivey. Yeah, that's it. I will say, Mega like, Man. Josh gets off a pretty good, like, snap suplex for on a big guy. It that That's, I hate to say, like, I'm singling up, man, what a good suplex, but it kind of was. I'll give him credit. And then all of a sudden, the wizard, I mean, Kevin Sullivan, like, walks out <laughs> with a crutch and this is where this is hilariously <laughs> bad because he's walking down the ramp. Spivey Irish whips Josh towards the ropes that are on the ramp. And Josh is looking right at him and he's just sort of like, right well, at maybe, him. maybe he's here for somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong. He hits the ropes. He gets smashed with the crutch. The funniest part is refer- senior referee Nick Patrick pulls a Ray fucking Lewis. He's like, I didn't see anything. <laughs> and and Damn. and Spivey just gets his. I guess it's a German suplex, but they call it what is over the top suplex is what they call it. And he gets yes. a he gets a pinfall win. It's like what the <laughs> what the fuck? Like <laughs> no, truly, he saw him coming down the ramp, <laughs> he saw... and, 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 and he yeah you know, he just gets a welcome to Knoxville. You know, right <laughs> where... <laughs> Right to yeah, the call by Shivani is the inexperience of Big Josh oh. got him caught unaware. It got him caught unaware. So <laughs> it's his inexperience that he's inexperienced at seeing things. Yeah, what does he have? New eyeballs? 
Yes, because yeah. Kevin Sullivan is holding back the fucking crutch like he's in a home run derby. <laughs> he's just <laughs> need to go. I do like the unflattering camera shot of him. It, it, it's like it's 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 right on his bald spot. <laughs> yeah, as he's coming down the ramp and it won't leave. You know, yeah. just, <laughs> it just does look. I mean, I like how fucking crazy Kevin Sullivan looks here. It does look like he just stuck his dick in a fucking electrical socket. Woo! <laughs> 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 he probably had to do a quick change from if he was the wizard. Like he had to go back and do a yeah. quick change. He's <laughs> like, all right, man. Hey, hey, who's got Kevin the... Sullivan is stripping down to his underwear because that's what it always looks like. He always looked like a child to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, man. The um, the funniest part of this match is when my word processor again like betrayed me and kept calling it a duplex versus a suplex. So it was like oh, it's... <laughs> <laughs> the German duplex. <laughs> Hello, would you like to live next to us? We share the wall. <laughs> Please continue doing that the rest of the show. <laughs> okay, I should do is it. Um, yeah, this isn't good. It's a two. I'm sorry. Uh, Jason, what would you think of it? The old lady, she loves her some big Josh, though. She is all over him. She, that lady is great. Yeah. She is like Josh. Josh, she's, she, this old lady stands on the security rail. <laughs> just, like, she is that into it. Um, and, and just everything that Josh does is good. She's like applauding. Bybee hits moves and she's just like, boo, you suck, you human piece of garbage. Um, which is what I think she was doing. Uh, really, I mean, other than Josh's punches sucking, which she called out. The, the inexperience of Big Josh. Uh, the most notable thing about this match is that Spivey wins without using anyone else's signature moves. Um, like if it's a two, I didn't see he didn't do it. He didn't do any of them. Like last few matches, he's been breaking out everything. And then this one guy who's would you know because of his size alone, you would think would be the biggest challenge Spivey's had that didn't involve Lex Luger to date, and he doesn't do shit. Yeah, master of the power bomb, and we don't even get one. God damn it. <laughs> he must have been like, that fucking Oz. I told that son of a bitch. <laughs> told him. Don't Better fucking move, do that. Move yeah, move me in the card. You can't have two matches in with a power bomb. <laughs> Josh, give me the Genesis device. <laughs> be great if Spivey came up to Johnny Rich afterwards. Like, dude, it, it should have been a regular power bomb. But I told him, uh, I'm doing it. And he was like, well, I'll do a spin to it. So I... I'm sorry, but not sorry. All right, that's what I say. Fuck you. <laughs> he walks away. <laughs> oh, sorry, not sorry. Dance by me. <laughs> that's a good gimmick. Charlie, what'd you think of this? Sucks. Fucking sucks. Uh, so, <clears throat> I think Luke Harper stole his eyes gimmick from Dan Spivey. That's like, possible. I couldn't, yeah. Thinking of, yeah. I couldn't stop thinking that. Dan Spivey just keeps going like, look at these. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait, he's talking about his eyes. I hope so. Yeah, he's talking about it. Yeah. Wait, let me try it in the German voice. Look at these. See, it's a lot creepier like that. And I don't like that. Uh, I, I have the Northwoods Mall thing. Uh, the only other note I have is Big Josh is a big idiot uh, in regards to the Kevin Sullivan crutch shot. It's just so fucking dumb. It just. Uh, and this match could have been okay. Like I like both of these guys. Like I mean, you know, Big Josh. I've always liked him as Doink. I always thought he was a good wrestler, but yeah. like it's just not here. I don't. 
this this sucks. And the fact that it ended with a German suplex with a pretty decent bridge by Dan Spivey. Like, he actually put, puts forth the effort to get his shoulders off the ground, which I thought was a nice little touch. Uh, I gave this a three. <sighs> All right. So now we've they they brought it back the top ten. Oh God! Here's a here's a stunning top ten. Steve oh, Austin, oh. stun uh, Steve Austin number ten, the one man gang number nine. We haven't even seen him wrestle. Number eight. <laughs> <laughs> His reputation proceeds. It's based on cred. Yeah. <laughs> eight Barry Windham, seven Arn Anderson, six Sting, five Stone Cold Steve Koloff. Four Bobby Eaton, three fucking Elegante garbage. Are you fucking kidding? Get me? out! Like, I couldn't believe it. How the fuck is Sting number six? Number six. I mean, not even with without the Stan Hansen. Where it is Stan not, Hansen? <laughs> they keep talking about him, but he's nowhere to be seen. God, he's like Dan Spivey's power bomb. He doesn't exist. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Muda's number two. Luger number one as he's the U.S. champion and world champion is Ric Flair. I mean, and yet the number four guy is getting the title shot tonight. Right. Yeah. These don't matter. Right. They're fucking stupid. Yeah. <laughs> it seems like Eligante gets this big bump because of the the quote unquote stretcher match, maybe, uh, with Sid. Uh, the stretcher I, match, uh, Sans stretcher. Right? <laughs> stretcher, not stretcher. Match. Hold. Yeah. Hold. Hold the stretcher. Uh. <laughs> Uh, out of the commercial, we're in the danger zone with Paulie, and uh, here we go. I was oh, waiting for man. this. I've been waiting for this just because I remember it at the time. I just didn't remember where it started, but Jason Hervey, yeah, he's the older brother on the Wonder Years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've seen the show. He comes out. Paul does the usual, uh, I'm going to throw you a question, immediately cut you off while you're starting to answer. Um, And then, like, they do something, like, I, I was, I was, I was like, all right, this is this doesn't seem like it'd be part of the time, but let's do it. They bring up that Hervey's dating Missy Hyatt, and then Paul starts to kind of get on him about it. And Paul starts to sell for Hervey a little bit when he rehashes that Paul got beat by Missy Hyatt in prior months. And then Paul goes for the verbal F5 when he says that Missy has used merchandise. And that's Oof. when and that's when Hervey gets a little uppity and he says he didn't come out here to be slandered. And he decides to end the interview Lewinsky style. And fucking Paul takes his phone, he smashes it over his head. And Missy runs out to come for him. And I swear I was waiting for her to yell out, you fucking maniac. Because she's so, <laughs> she's so, she's so, she's, she's going after it, man. She's really going for it. And I love this. God bless Tony Schiavone on this show, man. He really has these lines where he goes, I'm not sure bop is the word. He really got leveled, Jim. <laughs> and, and JR. I love they say <laughs> the phone explodes into a million exactly, pieces. Jason. It's clearly three. Exactly. It's three. It's three pieces. Jim, There's not uh, even a battery. He, <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I will say this: yeah. Jason Hervey, who's pretty, yeah, he was a pretty good actor for the time. I think he, I think he moves ahead way too fast. Like when Paul first cuts him off, Hervey sells it like he's been cut off for the fifth time. Yeah, like he, he, there's no like real build. He's like already instantly annoyed. Like I fucking, I, I just, I, why did I agree to the segment? Yeah. I watched the show. I watched. <laughs> yeah, he's like, why is he surprised? And why is he already at a ten? <laughs> why don't you answer me a question, Paul? What would you do if I sang out a tune? That's what I want. To know. He gives him a sunset flip from the outside, and 
Two other guys are there getting bit too. Wow. All right. Um <laughs> Mission Aku driver to be on the <laughs> Oh, God. Talk of what I want is your blood. <laughs> he finds Dick Togo in the gym. He's like, blood's on you, Taka. <laughs> blood's on you. Just comes after him with ta- with Funaki. He sets Funaki on fire. <laughs> say it. Say it, Funaki. Say it. Indeed. Yes. <laughs> hey, Taka, where'd you, where'd you get your job from? Indeed, I fucking love this guy. He's a comedian. I fucking love him. That's why I keep my swagger. Just go to Venla Place, dude. Booger Red on tour in Tokyo would be oh, the no. God. That's, busting into all these karaoke bars. That's like if they ever remade fucking Coogan, Coogan's Bluff. I'd want it to be the Undertaker in Japan. <laughs> That would be amazing to see him just dispatching justice as his character, not as a Mark Calloway, but as the Undertaker. <laughs> Every guy he beats up on a bar, chokeslam, tombstone, old school, whatever. <laughs> Fuck it. Old school. <laughs> Off the bar. <laughs> All right, hold on. Hold my beer. All right, hold on. But of course, it's, it's up, on the sidewalk. <laughs> it's literally <laughs> off the elevated. sidewalk. <laughs> But of course it's Japan, so like the ceiling's really low, so it's like the worst like crouched like he has the I'll be with you in a minute. <laughs> I gotta get up here. <laughs> can you hey man, can you turn that ceiling fan off? <laughs> hey man, these, these ceiling tiles, can they come out? Are they good? They come out, man? Let's do it. See, all right, hang on, I need a camera above the false drop ceiling for comedic effect. We're going for a ratchet shot. <laughs> he's directing as he's whooping. He does the fucking Jeff Hardy fall from the ladder <laughs> off the ball. <laughs> God. <laughs> I regret nothing. <laughs> All right. All right. So, Jason, we're up next. We've got, we've got a return match. Uh, it's Dustin Rose taking on the computerized man of the 1990s, representing the York Foundation, Mr. Terrence Taylor who's accompanied by Alexander York, Mr. Hughes, and not very good entrance music. No, this clearly is not their original entrance music anyway, because Gary Michael Cepeda is muted like a motherfucker um, coming through. So I started watching this show Tuesday night. When I got to this match, I was like, all right, I think I'll, that's enough for today. That's exactly what I did. <laughs> Every time I would come home and pull it up and it'd be like, I know I didn't watch it again until last night. Um, I just kept putting it up. God. It's just, it's not, it's because Terry Terrence Taylor matches are kind of a chore. Um, yet Terrence Taylor is a little more lively in this match. I was, you know, he, he's a little more aggressive. It's a lot better than the normal rolling out every few seconds. He's, he's punching a little harder. He's yelling. I, I really like what's going on. Um, while the York Foundation seems to walk around the ring, come on, you're the bad guys, pick a corner, pick a side, and stay there. Um, this whole floating around is kind of annoying. That little old lady is yelling something at 
<laughs> either Alexander York or Mr. Hughes. It's, it's racist, uh, racist, racial slurs. I know, dude. Yeah. Dude, it's Mr. Hughes. <laughs> yeah, I was watching him see if he turned around and go, what the fuck did you say? That's what he I actually like. tries to grab him. He's, yeah. He's actually crying. What's, what's he going to do? <laughs> he's really upset. <laughs> Like, what happens if you grab him and then he turns around? What's your next move? I, I'm very curious. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Hughes is going to stop, put on that black glove. <laughs> I think we're actually witnessing a, like, a live rendition of what dementia looks like. <laughs> like, like, are you out of your mind Like the, to try to grab a big guy like Mr. Hughes when you're like 89 years old? Yeah. yeah. And the dude next to her is like egging her on the whole night. Yeah, when he finally shows up, what? He, his arm, he's got a beer. His arms are around her. He's like, I think you can take him. <laughs> what he's doing? He's the devil on her shoulder, and it's great. Golden Golden Girls is about to go off the air, and she's losing her goddamn mind. Yeah, I man. saw I mean, the Golden Palace strip. It is not good. <laughs> it's not looking promising. I mean, look, lady, this isn't fucking Trader Joe's, and that's not fucking Alden from the Cosby Show. So fuck off. <laughs> oh, oh, <laughs> like, oh, don't do it. Just. Walk away, because you're right, Charlie. I swear what's I wasn't plan? trying to job shame him. I wasn't trying to job shame. Him. What's the you know, what's the plan? You. What's the plan? Yeah. <laughs> Ever since those Cosby Show residuals come through, I, <laughs> like yes, I mean it's. I don't know why you would, unless she's just trying. But she's not trying to do the whole. Hey, it's a wrestler. I'm gonna pat him. She's like, you come here. <laughs> <laughs> it is bad. I mean, like, she's she's dangerous to the point where throughout the rest of the night, everyone starts acknowledging her, um, which is which is really neat. Um, but if you if you are, you know, the son of the son of the plumber, the first rendition, don't do <laughs> don't do your dad's move. I don't, know. Oh, I know. Don't because what it, what you what you're doing is you're doing the light version of it. It's like when and sorry, when Gary Sharon started singing for Van Halen, you're paying Van Halen money to go see a concert, but you're hearing anyone that you could hear in any bar sing those songs. Right. It's the same. Don't. Don't do it. Don't do it. It's a pretty extreme, no pun intended, comparison, Jason. I don't think that'd Just be the worst Dustin thing. Dustin Rhodes to Gary Sharon. <laughs> oh, that's that's fucking awesome. That is yes. fucking Awesome. And the cool thing is, guys, is if this was a video podcast, I would have more than words to explain how upsetting this is for me. So, bam, bringing it around. Um, so when when the shenanigans starts happening, because Dustin's got this thing won, uh, Mr. Hughes gets up on the apron. Shouldn't it be Alexander York getting on the apron so that you would think that Mr. Hughes is the one that's going to get in and do something, not just stall the ref? Um, but here comes Ricky Morton with the most obvious sneak crouch ever, <laughs> ever. He's just coming. I'm gonna get you. I'm, oh, oh, you saw me. And he puts his hand out. Mr. Hughes punches Dustin in the back. Dustin no sells it. Then Mr. Hughes is halfway getting down the ring, going, "Oh, goes again." Doesn't hit him. Jim Ross and Tony Schiavone say he hits him in the kidney, and then Dustin's slow-mo fall does not help any. And then Ricky Morton just starts stomping the shit out of Dustin's face. <laughs> it's, only, it's not like they don't look like work. It's, it's like, you son of a bitch, you think you're somebody. The heel of his boot comes down on his nose. I hate Van Halen 3. I hate it. <laughs> 
Just get you had that whole album on unbelievable weapon four soundtrack. And it was the it video was. clips of him fighting the guy. I'd have set that guy on fire too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, like Mr. Hughes doesn't join in the beatdown. He just gets the hell out of there. Here's your heater, your big guy. He's on my work here is done, and he leaves. He doesn't stand. No, no, sorry. He leaves when Big Josh shows up. I, I'm so sorry. I oh, forgot boy. about. Here we go with this. Because <laughs> it makes sense when you get attacked by somebody to show up later to help someone else out. And for a second, I thought he had murdered Kevin Sullivan because I thought his axe handle had blood all over it. It was just the brand's label that was embedded into it, which was really bright red. I was like, oh, this is taking a dark turn. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, just yeah. use an axe. Like, fuck the handle. Yes. Like, just, let's start using. Let's get. Let's get frailty style on these motherfuckers. The <laughs> yes, we want Otis carved in on that axe handle. Um, like this. This is. This. This. This needs to stop. I'm waiting on the York Foundation to die. It's getting a little sad. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it's, it's the same old, same old. So I mean, like this. this <laughs> Jesus. Oh, did I rate it? Yeah, three. <laughs> I was like, three. I can't remember if I rated it three. Okay. Go for it, man. What do you think, Charles? So my first note was the old bag in the front row keeps making a grab for Mr. Hughes, and I I, I just started calling her Ron Howard's mother. <laughs> uh, From Apollo 13. That's what she looks like. From Apollo 13. I hate her in that movie. I've never told you that. As much as I love that movie, she sucks. I'm sorry. We did a whole episode on it, and you didn't tell us then? Uh, the way she delivers dialogue, there's this weird insert shot of her looking weird at one of the kids, <laughs> and she doesn't have any dialogue. Well, you've seen enough. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. She has this kind of weird, like, head tilt, like Vincent D'Onofrio in, uh, in fucking Law and & Order. And it's just like, oh, God, I hate this bitch. Anyway. <laughs> Would have been great to see a home invasion by Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin. He just beat the shit out of her. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, they just dumped the couch on her. <laughs> <laughs> it cuts to that. Was it the Randy Orton angle where he gets thrown through the window? On a Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man! So, so they're they're making a big deal about their home invasion angles on their website this week, and one of the thumbnails is Triple H looking through a door where he busted through. I think when he invaded Randy Orton's home, but the door is clearly just a one-panel door. Like it looks like paper. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <man>. <laughs> <laughs> just like a piece of fucking paper with Triple H's big ass nose coming through it, going ah! <laughs> so, so. Here's Hunter. Tell about the game. Um, my favorite part of the match because I had to rewind it. It was it was pretty nasty. Uh, so Dustin goes for a bulldog, and he grabs Terry by by you know for the bulldog, but he's got his hand wrapped around his chin, and it looks like Dustin's hand actually hits the mat first, and Terry is immediately grabbing his jaw. I mean, it, it it was he was that looked really bad. Like, he instantly gave him, like, lockjaw or something. Um, I do, like, Terry Taylor, he's a very, he's a very hands-on hips kind of wrestler. And, <laughs> like, like, Braden Walker, like, before his time. Uh, and what it reminds me of is just uh, the kind of wrestler that just doesn't know what to do with his fucking hands. Like, he, he comes out, he's like, ah, he surveys the landscape, and I guess I should go to the ring now. 
and then he, the hands come down. He does this so many times. I'm just like, God, he couldn't be any more bland. Uh, Richard Morton comes to the ring, and it really reminded me of Back at the Beach 96. <laughs> For some reason, <laughs> the third man. His, yeah. Like, the way the, it was the camera shot, it was like kind of low, and he's got the blonde hair, and I'm like, whose side is he on? Yeah. <laughs> Don't give it away, brain. And and like sh- shit just goes to hell in a handbasket here at the end. So much so to the point to where when Big Josh came out, I thought he was joining the York Foundation, and I I, got, I came up with the name for plus size Joshua. Uh, he's large Joshua, yes. <laughs> yeah, he's just just a, it didn't happen, but whatever. York Foundation. I, I really don't know what the point of this is right now or where this is going. Um, but it, it's not, these guys put on a decent match at best. Uh, I gave this a five. Um, all right. So uh, I'm pretty sure I would have fired Mr. Hughes after what happened at Super Brawl. If I'm part of your foundation. <laughs> that was his first day on the job. Yeah. It's, <laughs> this ain't working out. No, it's not working out. Big cat. Sorry, pal. Um, <laughs> I love the lines. The line where they say, "Oh, Dustin Rhodes threw the contract in the face of Alexandra York," and the first thing I said was like, "Well, that's not the last thing he threw in her face." So, oh, <laughs> oh no, Daddy! Oh. Um, Dustin gets a, a best of luck spot nominee for when he goes flying through the corner of the ring to the outside. <laughs> Like, he goes all in on this. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. And, and I love it, too, because the, the announcers always sell it like it's just, just pure death. <laughs> I think Tony goes, oh, he landed right on his head. <laughs> and I'm like, then ring the bell. <laughs> yeah. ring, ring the bell. Ten, ring ten bells, because if he <laughs> landed right on his head, <laughs> it's a preemptive memorial. <laughs> ring ten bells. <laughs> the screen goes gray like it's the end of a video game. <laughs> <laughs> they play that god awful song they played like when uh, during Dusty's video and Piper's video, like the same song. It's yeah, like, it's the worst. Oh. Canned crap. Um, the ref. What's interesting here is when Ricky does the Bash of the Beach entrance. What's really great is that he, he hasn't done anything yet, and the ref, I guess, having edgy trigger fingers compared to last match, where it was like, "Fuck it, man, the wizard." <laughs> I didn't see the wizard do it. And doesn't ring the bell. Ricky doesn't do anything, and they already ring the bell. Like they've already rung the bell. Like uh, they no. ring the bell because he sees Mister Huge punch Dustin. Is that why? Because I see him looking at Ricky yeah. Morton. Like, oh, we've got an intruder. You know, ADT. Let's ring the bell, fucking right here before anything happens. It... <laughs> oh, oh, Jesus. Patrick Security, identify yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Are we sure Big Josh isn't confused and thinking one of these guys is Kevin Sullivan? <laughs> Ricky Morton is Kevin Sullivan. He's come... <laughs> Big idiot. <laughs> and are we also sure that, like, Terrence Taylor and Ricky Morton were, like, not taking him seriously and thinking, oh, that's just a foam axe handle. That's not real. And fat. <laughs> like, <laughs> I forget which one of them fucking eats. And, like, the, the one thing we've kind of buried here is, like, they say in the match that the York Foundation later is going to announce their newest member. And they did the same shit last time where it's like, we're going to announce our new member. Well, you already know who it is. <laughs> so what's the point? <laughs> They're the worst I, well, business Don't they say on commentary? Yeah, they're, they're like, is he the new member? Yeah. Just, well, it'd be like Apple. To yes. <laughs> Apple's like, we're going to have our big annual showcase on September 10th. 
And on September 9th, and go, it's an iPhone. <laughs> just come out and just say it. <laughs> we have uh, the greatest Muta as a part of the York Foundation. He'll be joining us <laughs> soon. That would have been awesome if was, Muta comes out in a suit with the makeup on. <laughs> I just can't. <laughs> it's, he's got a painted on suit and tie. <laughs> York Foundation gets so big, we get York Foundation Wolf Pack. This is starting to remind me of the Wolf Pack. Yeah. Because yeah. like every, every episode, we have a new member, and uh, we'll announce it at about 9.05. Yeah, and just... Uh. It, is, it is really bad, though, because it's just like there was the computer played no part of this match, which is like... No. it. This wasn't like Probably the worst... Probably lost. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's why I was wondering. I was like, wonder what the computer's going to say about return matches. I wonder what that, the whole configuration is for, for this. But yeah, like, man. This... Tony, Tony Schiavone says, the, he goes, well, he tries to do, he goes, well, I'm, I'm certainly the computer says, take advantage of mistakes. If you are a veteran wrestler and need a computer program to tell you to take advantage yeah. of mistakes, quit. And then show up on Raw again the next week. But, you know. The fact that nobody's gotten walloped by the computer yeah. sucks. Like, it's sad. Yeah, man. There's so much you could have done with this. But at the same time, it doesn't New seem Jack like they care. Oh, man. <laughs> New Jack would have put you in the computer. He would have found a way Dude, to put I, you in it. <laughs> I, I'm willing to bet that if he was in the York Foundation, he would use Home Row. Yes, <laughs> New Wave Action would. <laughs> <laughs> New Jackson is here. <laughs> Son of a bitch. I was about to drink water. I'm glad I didn't. That's awesome. <laughs> I did it. <laughs> all right. So, do we get all our ratings on that? We went, that was a Um, I got I hope so. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Wait, wait. No. Will, will what'd you give it? 4. 4. I gave it a 4. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. All right. We're good. <clears throat> All right, coming to Arena Near You is Johnny B. Bad. This highlight reel sucks. Like, it's it just shows, like, basically a right hand. That music is the worst for him. This does not inspire anybody to want to see this motherfucker, man. This is... <laughs> Good God. It's terrible. Like, of all of these... Like, I don't know how to feel. Yeah. I'm confused. Like, when I watch... Oh. I'm just, uh, yeah, exactly. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> So Tony, yeah. uh, we we come back. Tony and Jim recap what happened at Super Bowl when Sting betrayed himself. Jason, that was the line of the century. Uh, in the presence of Stone Cold Nikita Koloff, which led to the Koloff 316 brawl in the back. It was great. So Charlie, man, this is a this is a good match to, to kind of talk about here. Stone Cold Steve Koloff versus the Stinger. I didn't like this match. And the reason being, it's really slow. And Sting, I mean, I get it, but he is literally on the defensive almost the entire time. And, and what doesn't help that is Nikita Koloff's offense is so boring uh, with this match. Um, what, what, what was this quote? Okay, this is a weird quote Tony Schiavone had. During the 80s, Nikita was one of the greatest U.S. champions of all time. I hate when they say shit like this because it, it really fucks with my head. I'm like, so wait, during the 80s, like, he was one of the best, or is he one of the best of all time? Like, did, like once once January 1st, 1990 hit, did he all of a sudden become a mediocre U.S. champion? He became Chevy Chase. He became Chevy Chase. <laughs> he made Memoirs of Invisible Man, and it never recovered. No, I, 
I, I really didn't uh, like this at all. Uh, well, what was that thing you put on Twitter about the, what was it, La Femme Nikita Cole? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was our... <laughs> Because <laughs> oh, that'd be kind of cracking me up at like two in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That fucking show. That, you know who always what always pissed me off about that show is that fucking guy who played Michael. The way Michael. That, yeah. That, that guy sucks. He was like, terrible. I never saw him again. Yeah, for good reason too. Because like Peter Wilson, she's hot. Like she's. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's I why mean, Dad watched it. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> it was for the quality of the fucking program. Because even when I was a kid, I was like, Dad, this show sucks. <laughs> it's terrible. I was like, it's really bad. And, and but my dad, he will watch any iteration of La Femme Nikita. I think he's seen them all. Point of No Return is pretty good. I like that. Did you, whatever it was, the, the the one with Maggie Q, she oh, did that. one. Yeah, uh, yeah. There have been so many versions of this bullshit story. Isn't it fucking Peppermint I, I, that Jennifer Garner? Isn't that another one? The new movie that, that's out right now. Yeah, and she like Peppermint. A, yeah, I think that's what it's called. That's based well, on La Femme Nikita. No, I don't. I mean, it seems like it's well. It's like I mean, basically, Charles. We're defined. This is a subgenre. This is another one of these subgenres that exists where it's like we have this, we have this unstoppable female assassin like Lucy or whatever that's just gonna salt. Come, it's salt. Hannah. They keep trying to make the same fucking movie over and over and over again, yeah. and I keep saying no. Yeah. <laughs> what was the one? Atomic Blonde was came out recently too. Atomic Blonde. That was trying Blonde. to be John Wick. Ultraviolet, like these movies are fucking awful, and they just like the unstoppable female, whatever. And just you know, you know, you know, which one's really good? The one that really fucking worked is the Long Kiss Goodnight. Yes, yeah, that one fucking works. Yeah. And it's you didn't great. like the you didn't like the La Femme Nikita movie with Bridget Fonda, the first one. Point of No Return, good flick. Yeah. Like that flick. Right. I like I like when the wolf shows up at the end. Yeah, the wolf, Harvey Keitel. Yeah. He's basically the wolf. Is what's funny. Okay. It's like he shows up and it's like, oh, he's fucking Winston Wolf. It's cool. okay. All right, I fuck it. it. All right, fuck. It. I'll just go fuck myself. All right, fuck it. <laughs> Sounds good. I gave it a four. <laughs> are you talking about? Are you talking about uh, Koloff and Sting or Point of No Return? <laughs> Both. Actually, I think I would give that movie a four. Yeah, but yeah, Sting and, and La Femme Nikita Koloff. All right, Jason, what did you think of this? So 123 kilos is 271.2 pounds. Nikita Koloff does not look like he's 271 pounds. My he's God. a big dude, but he does not look that big. Um, I mean, if you think about, like, as Ric Flair looks bigger than Nikita Koloff, um, and he's 242 pounds because they bring that up later. Uh, but I'm also a little confused because Sting and Nikita Koloff are both wearing red and yellow. I mean, who's the good guy here? I don't know. Um, at some point, I think... Are Sting you serious? Yeah. They're both Cole wearing, wearing fucking black. No, no, no. His back, the, the, the separation points on his back, where the color patterns are, are also red and yellow. That's where I was like, it's, it's like they're, they're, they would be a tag team that wore different style gear, but still have the matching colors. Where that, that's what, go back and watch, you'll see. He's wearing Hulk Hogan colors? He's fucking, yeah, he looks like Stone Cold, and the other guy is blonde with face paint. Uh, nah. <laughs> <laughs> they're both wearing the same colors. Nah, nah, nah. Um, but I think at some point Sting shits his pants because he gets this nasty pain, like right at the asshole region. Oh, no. um, 
Yeah, yeah, and and here's uh, there, there's more on that. So Sting goes and and nails Nikita with a pile driver, and Nikita pops right back up. To which Jim Ross yells, "Oh, what neck muscles!" <laughs> like, 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 no, no. Then Nikita immediately punches Sting in the abdomen, and Sting sells this punch for over a minute. So maybe he did have a little tummy trouble going on. Um, the photographer goes to Stone Cold Cloris Leachman slash Dementia Lady slash Old Bag. We take all our different names. <laughs> it's the same photographer that you've seen kind of slow. The, the lady uh, who keeps coming up, she goes rogue and goes behind the rails and is kneeling at the old lady's feet talking to her about something. So then the lady stands up and unfolds her American USA number one oh, flag God. and starts waving. So I'd love to see these pictures because they've got to be bad because they're like from behind the flag. Like, what are, what are you taking the picture of? Um, but Nikita, like this lady starts to either get on people's nerves or someone's like, yeah, this lady's into it because he is covered in sweat, wipes the sweat from his forehead and flicks it at the old lady. Good. Yeah. Fucking good. I hate Apollo 13. <laughs> <laughs> one day there'll be a podcast and you will be ruining it. Um, one thing I did like, though, is where Sting finally fires up and, and does this Sting howl. The old lady howls. I mean, everyone does, but like the old lady's like the first one. She goes, here it comes! And she's ready for it. Uh, this match still really, really, really sucks. Uh, <laughs> A, a, a sting match and the key to call off. It is so like Charlie. It's so low energy. It's so just droll. It, it is a four. This is the match that really careens this show off the cliff in terms of time. They give this nine minutes, com- oh. which is a ton compared to the, the matches before it. And it seems like between this and what the Steiners get, like it completely just kills everybody else's time. Um, I was just really- all in. I, I I was curious exactly. I was curious what was going to happen with uh, like what was the finish is going to be because it's like man we're doing this on TV. You guys just did the brawl a month ago, so what are you going to do with this? And at first I was I was th- at first the thing I was really displeased with was after the finish. It was like all right, Sting gets a roll up here after Koloff um, misses the Russian sickle. Koloff should be all over him getting his heat back. Like, just beating the fuck out of him. Like, that's what a heel does after... Yeah, like, Sting just bails. And I'm like, oh, smart. Great. He's got to shit. He's got to go shit. He's got no time for high fives. Yeah, probably the the case. The part that made me laugh the hardest was when... I I think the the person is helping the young lady unfold the flag. That made me laugh the hardest because it's sort of like, I'm such a badass, I brought a flag. Can you help me unfold it, though? Because I haven't really thought this through. Her old, brittle, arthritic hands probably would have dropped it and would have hit the floor. And meanwhile, the enabler ain't got time. I'm sorry, man. I can't help you. I got to hold this oversized beer. (laughs) Um, I do... I do love that Koloff is such a... This is such an awesome heel move to find her and to, like, use it as a way to amp up the match a little bit. Like, that's a really smart... It was the most interesting thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, what was I going to say about that? He does say, like, Tony, once again, get back into the whole clothesline hierarchy, saying the Russian sickle does a whole lot of damage. And it's like, <laughs> dude, like, first of all, we he saw... Lists the other. What's that? He lists the other clotheslines, which kind of negates... That's the mistake. 
and like so many wrestlers do clotheslines in WCW. And Oz just delivered a really badass one like a few minutes ago. Like mm-hmm. poor Johnny Poor, <laughs> he ain't coming back. <laughs> Johnny bankrupt. <laughs> Johnny workers gone. It's there. Johnny Chapter Eleven. Yeah. But Johnny call all nines. Call all nines. <laughs> <laughs> That's a regional joke. <laughs> I, Shivani goes for a real big reach here. Like Sting is like, there's an, a camera angle of Sting looking up, and he's like, "Oh, I see it." Sting's starting to—he's he, starting to get a second wind. And it's like, man, I—I I don't know if it's time yet, Tony. I, I don't know, but I appreciate you trying to move along the pace of the match for us, the television viewer. It's, it, it's <laughs> trying to speed it up. But uh, I'm with you guys. It's a four. It's—it's it's just a. It, it's a they work as a very very basic TV match with just a whole lot of time, and I was really disappointed that Sting just didn't get clobbered after the match because if you get a pen like that, and and, that, and that's the thing, I wrote that note before what happens later on. I just kept it in there because like that's how I felt at the moment watching it, but eh, um, I'm sorry because I just saw what the next note was. I was like, all right, here we go. Up next, it's PN News, aka the Rat Master, with Salt and Pepper. Uh, uh, he's only got salt. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he's not one for the spice. Yeah, he's got Spinderella and salt. <laughs> like W, you can't even get getting a two person group right. <laughs> like this is really interesting. Yeah, so you got Salt and Pepper like on 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 TBS. This isn't even a pay per view, and I couldn't help but wonder how many James Browns it cost WCW to get Salt and Pepper. <laughs> If I had heard the numbers, I would have had that. <laughs> I don't know why that came into my head, but I was like, I wonder. <laughs> so Tony, he introduces PN News, and and as we mentioned, the members of Salt and Pepper that they were able to afford. Um, <laughs> I'm not. It's not shocking that the crowd in Knoxville doesn't seem to get into this immediately until PN starts dropping some fairly elementary rhymes that finally get a pop at the end. Like, finally. Are you trying to, it was more like to a, instigate a rap battle? The news is fairly was, elementary the rhyme. Crowd, the crowd was just kind of more like, yay, he did it. Yeah, like in terms of finding words that rhyme. Well, Tony Shivani goes uh, after PM News raps and says Knoxville, and that's just how it ends. Shivani just goes, all right. <laughs> <laughs> So that's how these rap things go. <laughs> that's what that sounds like. That's new to me. I was waiting on Tony Shivani just go straight on Eminem on it from Eight Mile. <laughs> just like got mom's spaghetti all over my suit. Mom's just... spaghetti. Mom. Yeah, because he even has a hard time staying on the beat. Yeah. <laughs> Reminds me of Cleveland Junior. Uh-huh. Cleveland. <laughs> yo baby, yo baby, yo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually thrilled to see Johnny be bad at this point. With, I mean, <laughs> that because it's something different. And and Teddy Long is with him, so I'm like, this this can obviously get better, right? Obviously, right. Maybe. Um, Teddy says PN needs to know what up. Um, Teddy then sexually harasses Salt and Peppa, asking which one is first. Oh. <laughs> 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 
you can't both to which the me too movement just does a thumbs down while giggling (laughs) (laughs) that's the thing is like they're not like they just at this point just give oh this is so fun (laughs) asia argento's on the fence (laughs) and the fence is only 17 years old but So, Johnny B. Bad <laughs> further tries to elevate his heel status by getting on the mic and he looks at PN News. And he's like, You're a big, ugly bear. <laughs> made me laugh oh. so much. PN you comes think there's back. fanfic porn of this? <laughs> <laughs> you know the old saying if you can think of it, it already exists. Rule 42. That's right. Or- Either Rule 42, Rule 41, something that exists on the internet. Yep. And and just Please like... Please do not uh, Johnny B. Bad PM News fan <laughs> oh, <gosh. laughs> Excuse me. Slash fiction to at CM underscore stabs. <laughs> and and PN and, and very much like the finale of 8 Mile where it's like it's all... He's going to drop the baddest rhymes of them all. Instead just says he's not a big ugly bear. That's what he says. <laughs> I am not. And he's and then he just kind of scares Johnny B. Bad away. Yeah. Ooh, and that's, what a segment. End of segment. Yeah, that's, Perfect. that's over two for Johnny B. Bad. Yeah. Can I ask? And this is, can I ask you a, a semi-serious conversation about no, wrestling? Not at all. I am not a fan of when two guy two new guys show up on the scene, and they immediately start feuding because it, it immediately undermines one of them. Uh, in a sense, how how do you guys feel about that? Am, no, it's I, yeah. I know what you're talking about. I can't think of a specific example right now, but yeah, it's just well, it doesn't make any sense. Well, other than this, of course. <laughs> but it's like yeah, because I mean that's what uh, Nature Boy Buddy Landell's for. You know that's what these enhancements. Where is he? Is he is he like on tour with Skid Row? Dude, man, he's he's, he's their Jack Slade. <laughs> you can't be king of the world if you're slave to the grind. Buddy Landau. Buddy Landau. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um it doesn't it doesn't get you really excited for <laughs> this feud, but I'm kinda hoping this is one that gets buried on TV and yeah. we don't we don't but hey, you know, coming to Arena near you, it's the Diamond Stud with DDP. Um the Razor's Edge in ninety one looks Unbelievably devastating. Wow. Like, yeah. like fuck, wow. fuck. It's got the word death in its name. <laughs> yeah. Can we, can we talk about this for a second? So remember when Scott Hall, well, you know, of course, of course you remember. When he first Never came to, well, second, when he, when he came to WCW in 96 and he was, you know, doing those promos for the, uh, for the outsiders and WWF actually like put out a cease and desist order to WCW because they thought that he was acting too much like Razor Ramon. So they backed That's- off of it. I think Razor Ramon acts a hell of a lot like the Diamond Stud. They, they are the same. <laughs> I didn't know that he yep. did all of these things as the Diamond Stud. I mean, like even after the Razor's Edge, he, he'll do the the hand thing. Like, like that's enough of that. Yeah, it's it's very similar. So it's like I, I really think he kind of created this character in WCW now. Yeah, it's he's so close. Like it seems like he's so close to final form. Razor slash Scott Hall. It's great. Like it. And well, it, what do they call the Razor's Edge? It's a cool name too. Yeah, it's um, the Diamond Death. Di- yeah, yeah, the D, the, the Triple D. The, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. We'll see the him in a D, little. D, D. 
we'll uh we'll see him in a bit so we can expound more on it. Up next we got a I couldn't believe this is on like a TV show. We got a loser leaves WCW match. I'm a little confused over who this applies to, if this is one person, a tag team, or whatever, but... Never tag yourself in. <laughs> Barry, That's the secret. <laughs> number th- the number three contender knows his role. Uh, <laughs> he's pretty smart about it. Barry Windham, Arn Anderson taking on Flying Brian and Ellie Gante. So the, the Flying Brian-Barry Windham feud moves to this level, which I've it's been enjoyable watching them fight, you know, for the most part. It's been kind of good, but this... So in the aftermath of Sting and Koloff going for nine minutes, this thing, I mean, I, I've never seen a loser leaves town match that goes this short, but it's all Pillman, man. He's got to catch that flight. Yeah, he's got to. <laughs> I got to catch the flight back to Cincinnati. <laughs> I'll be back. Um, the bet, like the coolest thing is when the coolest thing Elegante does is just stand there so Pillman can jump off of you. Like is about, yes, it's about the best thing that he does in this match. It's so cool. He's so much taller than the turnbuckle. Yeah, like, it really looked amazing. And then like it kind of just gets schmozzy really quickly. With um, Pillman gets tripped off the top rope. Elegante's like, I've got my special claw. Anderson outside done. <laughs> <laughs> and then out of nowhere, like he gets Randy Orton punted in the face. It's awesome. It's a great kick to the face. It, it It's one that like, you look at like, yep, that would put a guy down. And sure enough, <laughs> just like that <laughs> fucking Barry Windham pins, Brian Pillman. But unfortunately the broadcast is so behind on time that we don't get to like, we don't really get a reaction of poor Brian Pillman's a out of the goodbye. Yeah. Instead it's like, well, looks like uh, Pillman's not going to be coming back. Well, uh, all right, oh, we're well. going to be, Let's go to Paul E. But all right, so obviously wrapping up this match thing here, Capetta says, Capetta says right like at the beginning of the match, like the he says he says the team leaves, the team is leaving, but the focus after the match is on Pillman's leaving. When we all can really hope that, please tell us Eligante is riding off into the sunset here, because this, I mean, we've seen enough of what this guy has to do, especially when he has a sell. That shot of him fighting nails is great that give me that match th- yes give me that now <laughs> like, that looks so much better yeah this this match just doesn't there's just not a lot of time given to it regardless like again brian pillman who so far has been my mvp of the season is i give it a four based on just his work alone in this match <laughs> trying to get something going here um jason what'd you think of it I like the intensity that this match starts out with. Um, it, but it that's because you know, like Pillman is Pillman and Arn Anderson are waylaying on each other like crazy because that that screams okay, whoever takes the pin is going to leave because I think Capetta says that um, whichever person takes the pinfall has the one that has to leave. So they're going at it, and then when Barry Windham gets in there, those two have such intensity. Elegante smiling in the corner. It's <laughs> just like, because he knows if I don't tag in, I can't get pinned. <laughs> That's why he's I think smiling. he might be a lot smarter than we give him credit for. Dude, he's what Ellie he's Gante. Smartest, what if he's the smartest guy in the ring? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not going to do that. I was going to sit there and do an Enzo. And this here is Ellie Gante. He's seven feet tall. Oh, God. And he yeah, won't fuck tag off. in. Stop, stop. <laughs> Don't, don't. Just, <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Just throw him through the bottom rope again. 
Throw what? <laughs> I hate that. Um, at some point, though, Barry Windham forgets which corner is his team's corner and goes and stands at one of the blue corners and then looks at <laughs> while Pillman's like on the top rope getting ready to jump onto Arn and he just runs over there last second and catches him and throws him off. Um, like the, the little guy jumping off a big guy spot is always fun. It was weird to see Ray and Batista do it because Batista's not tall. He's just a big no. dude. It's just like, oh, so so you're jumping off someone who is the, the height of the turnbuckle. Okay. Um, but now, if I was in a loser leaves match, I would try to force a double count out. Because <laughs> if I'm going, <laughs> you're going with <laughs> like Jesus. Exactly do. That's a hell like, of a game plan. Hey, man. <laughs> I'm the cerebral assassin. You're going. <laughs> you're going. Um, I mean, but it, this goes to show again that Elegante is a terrible tag team partner because he does he's not there to help break up the pin. Yeah, for no. some reason, he's attacking the guy who is not the legal man. <laughs> it's just like, no. No, it's like when you play the games and the AI starts like using all the specials and finishers on the other guy. <laughs> Meanwhile, you're in there getting your ass kicked. <laughs> doesn't come help uh we got pillman gets to leave i mean i mean sorry has to leave wcw quote quote and become the yellow dog oh, this kid's a man you gave it away jay that's gonna be the best part <laughs> oh man there's but see he's not the only yellow dog i think there's like three others so oh <laughs> oh fucking awesome it's a black scorpion again only it's a yellow dog <laughs> <laughs> Sting. Woof, 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 sting. <laughs> Is that a magic? He's just like he's he's really good at cooking, so he's just got the dinner in the movie set. And he's just like Sting. This is a frittata. Sting. This is a dinner in a movie. <laughs> what do you rate it, Jason? Sorry, four. Four. Okay. Take it. What did you think, think of it? What did you think of it, man? I think Pillman has a potential lawsuit on his hands because he was pinned by the non-legal man. Oh, uh, it's bullshit. It's Arn Anderson is a legal man, and then Wyndham comes in with that Randy Orton punt, and that's the finish. And it's like, dude, what the fuck is going on here? Like, I didn't even know. Uh, like, it's so it's so uh, interesting because um, the sunset flip incident from like the first match was so distracting to me. I didn't even think of the legal man shit, but. Wyndham literally just comes in and kicks him and pins him. Like, it's it's so stupid. And it, it undermines what was an okay match. Like, I like Barry Wyndham's DDT that he gave to Brian Tillman. Everyone does that move also. But it still looked good. The crossbody is probably the coolest move I've seen Elegante do. Maybe it's the only move, uh, technically, that he's been a part of during this run. But other than that, it, it's not – it's just frustrating. It's like the one guy who I don't want to get pinned gets pinned. <laughs> and and it's by just the, just the most bullshit of circumstances. Although I will say Barry Windham's hair is starting to come in. Yeah. <laughs> Very it's good. It's looking good. Yeah. It's it's looking it's looking presentable. Like he can at least go to TGI Fridays now. So uh, I gave this a four. <clears throat> by the way, I'd love to see the Undertaker jump off Takamichinoku's shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, Charlie. <laughs> Just the image. 
<laughs> Does old school and uses and climbs Taka. <laughs> Taka has to walk with him, doing? like so they can simulate him walking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because Taka's got great balance. Maybe Taka walks to the top rope and Taker goes with him and climbs <laughs> on top of Taka. <laughs> Boy, this is where the toys would come in really handy. Yeah, this one. This, I think this would be called Night School. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Night School. <laughs> With a K. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Batman. <laughs> what? No, it's just because it's the K. The Night School. There's all this stupid talk. They're like, oh, we're going to scrap the Affleck Batman movie. We're going to do a Batman Beyond movie. So maybe there's all these, let's get an older actor, and there's all these people, we'll get Keaton to do it, and then there's like, well, we want to get a different older actor. I'm like, that would be Taker's like return to film. Oh. For no reason, he's broken. <laughs> Are you doing it now, Joker? <laughs> so I, I um, when I was talking about the match, like they don't, they give no time for Pillman like, to really have a moment since he's leaving WCW. JR throws us to Paulie, Paulie Mooney. It's exactly what this is. This is a Sean Mooney segment, but they put Paulie dangerously in the, what WCW has as a, as a studio here. And he basically just tells us, he describes what a pay-per-view is. It is mm. <laughs> and leading up to him talking about Great American Bash, and we go to this really sparse highlights of Bash 90, which was our first episode of the season, with really just Sting and Ric Flair and then the Steiners, and that's all that really happened. So, yeah. I like one. how one of the highlights they choose in this pre-edited thing is Sting turning around going, is it okay for me to walk under this? <laughs> I'm not walking under this. <laughs> <laughs> one of the highlights. It's arguably the longest clip of that highlight. <laughs> just, yeah. So that brings us up next. We've got the IWGP tag team titles on the line. It is the Steiner brothers in a return match taking on uh, Hase and Chono? Is that Jason that's up on this? Yes, sir. Get a good one. You really do. Sign. Yes. Uh, we get some amateur wrestling, and then Scotty goes, nope, fuck this. Kick to the face. <laughs> <laughs> Again, it's like the Stein when, when when these belts are on the line, the Steiners get a little prickish. <laughs> They're not just like wrestling for it. They were okay when you were going after the U.S. title belts. Ah, we'll we'll pull it out. You start going for these IWGP or the World Tag Titles, they're gonna fuck you up. Um, like when Scott does that, but then Chono, not to be outdone, kicks the shit out of Rick Steiner so hard that his headgear breaks, and then Rick comes back for three more of those kicks. Like, no. <laughs> I think this is where the Steiners start getting the head trauma. Uh, Bless you. I'm a huge fan of any Steiners double team move because, like, the Scott holding up kind of almost like he's going to do his own version of the diamond death drop and Rick just kind of falling off the top rope with that extended elbow. That looks so badass. It looked like it hurt. And the crowd just pops for it. You know, it's not nothing too complicated. These guys are just going nuts. Um, Scott botches coming off the top rope to help to stop the, the pin. I would not want to take any move from Scott Steiner right after he made a botch because I think that's going to be loaded. Um, we, we get a little shot earlier in the match 
uh, Scott goes outside the ring, he gets thrown out, and then it cuts, and he's laying face down on the mat, but he's also like a good four inches into the concrete. <laughs> Their mats don't go under the ring, and it looks like if you land the wrong way, you're going to get totally fucked up. And Scott even gets up and shakes up something, so I don't know if he hit it a little bit harder. Um, at some point, Scott gets his uh, full meter and does all his signature moves, and Hase has, or Hase has no chance. He's just getting murdered left and right he gets the underhook he gets the almost i was hoping are we gonna get the steiner screwdriver because these guys can take it nope uh we do this but uh what's weird is at some point for me that the wwe network turned into a vhs tape and the audio quality went out the video quality went out it looked really really bad uh because this is right when uh, whoever these guys are, I just wrote down two lead singers of ACDC attack. That's in my note. I put two Brian Johnsons. <laughs> yes. Two Brian Johnsons. <laughs> yes. This is just two dudes in denim and that hat, whatever kind of hat that is. Just start doing it. <laughs> the Brian Johnsons have arrived. <laughs> That's a great team. It's just. You hit them with the hell's bells. Oh, God. You got to give them visual cues, though. They can't hear our shit now. <laughs> they, oh, God. That's they get replaced by two Axl Roses. No. <laughs> 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 like, this, I mean, like, it's a good, another good, hard hitting match. Are probably, I would say, the best match on this card. Because, um, like, it's just. Like, they made it, like, these IWGP championships are a big deal to the Steiners. It's, even though it's, you know, they're they're in a different country, they talk throughout how they will fly, they'll fly over to Osaka for one day and defend these belts, and then come back. I'd be like, shit, pin me, because um, that's rough. But, I mean, like, I, I had really fun with it. I give this bad boy a seven. All right, Charlie, what'd you think of it? So I really like that if JR just doesn't know what the fuck to call it, he just calls it a karate kick. <laughs> yeah. He does this so many times, I'm like, that's a completely different kick. And just, I think he calls an insecurity a uh, karate kick. I'm just, whatever. Um, this was really frustrating for me. So that, that kick that, that knocked Rick's headgear just completely for a loop, I, I was so distracted because Rick refused to take it off. Yeah, I, he, I thought the same he, thing. I was like, dude. He kept it on, and I'm like, dude, like, like, you could hurt, really hurt somebody, like, with with that. And he just refused to take it off, and just, and you know what, just kick me more. That that sounds like fun. Yeah, and and I think I swear I think they're just, just trying to kick it off of him because you're like, no, we can't we can't be wrestling you, while, you know, while you're like that. And just now I'm the dog face gremlin, rough. Um. <laughs> Scott slipping off the top rope. I I know exactly what you're talking about, Jason, because I feel like when, when Scott botches, he overcompensates whatever the next move is going to be. And just it, it's it's got to be like 14 times as awesome. And it is. He fl- slips off the top rope. No, no problem. He's still Scott Steiner. Just, yeah. Uh, the Frankensteiner, really cool. The, the video quality thing happened to me, too. All of a sudden, I, I was truly watching a VHS tape, like on, on EP mode. Uh, I don't really know what happened to the video, but yeah, that's a network issue. I'm sure it's whatever copy they have. One, two, three. The match is pretty good. Uh, definitely possible. Probably the best match on the card. I agree. Uh, I gave it a seven. Seven as well for me. Um, uh, 
the what was I gonna say the yeah the I'm a duck a double clothesline Frankensteiner. Wow, <laughs> pop one off. Um, I really laughed with the top rope botch because he yell he he the the yell he he puts out there is like out of straight out of revenge. Yeah, like it's it sounds like. <laughs> A verbal reaction in the game Revenge. Like, it really does. I I really in, enjoyed that. I, the Steiners are one of those perfect teams where it's like, they're great at, like, squash matches. Like, their squash matches are just the best because they just eat people and don't care. But it's really good when they work with guys who are really stiff because they're like, oh, okay. So now I guess we're going to have to step up a little bit too because uh, that's what we get for most of them. You guys hit on all the... Um, on all the good spots, I'd say. The fact that Scott takes a dragon suplex is pretty awesome, though. That's yes. unbelievable that he takes one. But it's really sad, guys, because the two Brian Johnsons are the hardliners, Dick Murdoch and Dick Slater. And even though in kayfabe they injure Rick Steiner's arm, they legit injure Scott Steiner's arm. He has a torn triceps. He is going to be out now for a long time. And this leads to the Steiners having to relinquish both belts, which is a real bummer. On the plus side, it's really going to amp up. Uh, Rick Steiner's going to ramp up into a really cool singles run coming up real soon, which will be cool. Oh, there's another referee NES bump as well. Like, the ref just <laughs> ref just gets flattened by the hardliners. Yeah, but then they get they get fined $5,000. You don't uh-uh. fuck with them. That was 500000 I think. A piece? No, I thought it was just five thousand. No, nah, it's five hundred. Let's just go for it. Let's just say it is. Just, that's a lot of money. Five hundred thousand. That seems a little extreme. How <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> do two dudes in denim have had to do it? Salt and pepper was more expensive than I anticipated. <laughs> <laughs> just, they had to get it back. They were like, "Cover this." I really hope some assholes attack a ref tonight. Yeah. <laughs> so that we good. Make an example of you. I would have called up the hardliners. It's Dick Murdoch and who? Dick Slater? Yeah. That's a couple of dicks. That's what yeah. I have called. A couple of dicks. Well, well, they're not. it's not a detective gimmick. Yeah, and this is also 1991. Like, Oh, they could just be jerks to people. How about like, a couple of Richards? <laughs> <laughs> I like a couple of Richards. How do you like You get it? You get it? Yeah, yeah. That'd be like awesome. That now. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> That's it's tongue in cheek without the cheek, baby. That's awesome. <laughs> oh, good. Is All that right. their t-shirt? Off. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Fuck off. <laughs> Up next, we got the Diamond Stud in action, who is from Florida, taking on Jobber Entrance, Jobby, jo- Tommy Rich. <laughs> Jobby Rich. <laughs> <laughs> Jobby Rich. <laughs> Go for it, Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, I'm, I'm gonna need a reset button. Jobby Rich. So is he related to that other rich asshole like from earlier in the show? Like, how many riches do they have in there? Like, it's, it's I don't know. I can't keep up. Uh, you pointed it out. Um, I understand when wrestlers are from like Italy or well, no, actually, I don't understand. No, you don't. But I understand in the way that Americans are stupid. Like, I get that he's from Italy. Suck it. blow me yeah he's from japan he's from florida (laughs) well arn anderson's from minnesota (laughs) yeah why do they do this why they're saving time gotta save time he's yeah you gotta save (laughs) he's from florida 
you, you get it. Uh, uh, fucking Diamond Death Drop. Really cool. But, but once again, like, I put, I put so close to Razor Ramon. Uh, I, Tommy Rich. So this is interesting. So I didn't even bother to write this because I knew I'd remember it. Um, <laughs> I realized that this had been the longest I'd gone in a Tommy Rich match without a commentate, uh, one of the commentators pointing out that he's a former world champion. And it was at that precise moment that JR <laughs> said, Shit, fuck, man, I forgot. <laughs> Rich is a former world champion, and he is a legit competitor, folks. Like, like fucking hell. Yeah, just like they have to remind you every fucking time that this guy is a former world champion, conveniently in a match that he's going to lose. Uh, so he's basically enhancement talent at this point because uh, I believe this is the first time we've seen Diamond Stud wrestle on the show. Yeah. So, yeah, there you have it. Uh, 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 basically, a squash match for a former world champion. How does that look? Jobby Rich, I gave this a five. Oh. <laughs> All right, Jason, what did you think of it? Um, yeah, this is during this match is when I saw the diamond stud hit the short arm choke slam. Oh, and, you know, I, I always thought that was a choke slam. He was just due to mock the big show, but no, uh, he, he does that. We, we got the, the, the toothpick flick. I mean, you're, we're getting everything, but like the, the arms out slide razor Ramon. Bit. Does he have the spit curl? No, I don't think he's got the spit curl. Um, because I'm just distracted of how chubby his face is. Like, yeah, because he's, well, he's, he's so on big. something. Yeah, he's so big here. Um, but you know, you forget the the one of the most fun parts of this match is the studette, um, <laughs> or lady, coming in and just has to take the pants off of the diamond <laughs> stud, and it's like, good God, okay, you did it, bye. <laughs> She's just not affected at all. Now, this is, I don't know if they're just like going from, you know, they, they already have someone to come do this or if they go pull people out of the town. Because I was so hoping that it was going to be that poor lady that's on the front row that looks like she's wearing a wedding dress that got picked to rip the pants off of Scott. What is with that fucking lady? Twice they show her and she's not happy about being there. This is the honeymoon. No, but did you? talking about yeah <laughs> this, this just happened. they went to dollywood got married hardlined it to knoxville usa to catch the class of champions <laughs> she didn't have time to change because i wasn't at her wedding to do drunken feats of strength to jump around by house of pain but the uh if we can please get tommy rich some new trunks these poor things are so faded from being washed. They have no shine, no shimmer. I mean, yes, it was 11 years ago when he was the world champion, but the dude does not look or carry. Well, maybe a motherfucker needs to win a match or two, all right? Maybe those are his lucky trunks that he won the world title with. <laughs> ben, <laughs> and they've what? turned on him. <laughs> he doesn't know it yet. <laughs> They're really... <laughs> Never mind. I was going to bury another lead, but I'll hold off. Um, but I, I mean, like, it's just... I, I feel so bad in, in a in a very pitiful way for Tommy rich, because the whole reminding us constantly that this guy who's going to get beat in like two minutes was a world champion does him no favors. So yeah. he was a champion. So what the fuck happened? You know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, that's he needs any true Hollywood story. <laughs> no, Tommy Rich doing his own YouTube show, trying to get over fist. I'm trying to get over, but it doesn't work. Uh, but I mean, this thing is, I, I mean, 
I don't know where you got a five out of this because I put this as a it was really diamond stud. Uh, yeah. It was just I, I, had, I just had a lot of fun watching Scott Hall. I got, okay, Man, that's cool because yeah, I, I give this thing a three. I'm in between. I'm at a four. I'm really close. <laughs> I, I I think it's um, no like of all these guys you've gotten a squash match like he's the one I'm most excited to see more stuff from because he. He already has charisma. He hasn't even started doing the stuff that he becomes synonymous with. He's already charismatic. He just needs a better name and just a slightly tweaked gimmick, and he's there. So, um, yeah. I'm just waiting for Thomas Rich to appear at this point. I'm just, I know. I know. It's just join the York Foundation with the other job heads, you know, fuckface, motherfucker. The other dickheads. Yeah. <laughs> I swear to God, if he's those faded trunks and he's part of the York Foundation, I'm out. <laughs> that's gonna be now here's what's funny is like JR is hustling he hustles over to the winner of the WCW Sting lookalike contest <laughs> and I was really hoping it was Sting in a Sting mask for a second like it'd be yeah. <laughs> I was hoping that they would do a bit where, and this is legit my note before any of this happens like Nikita Koloff accidentally attacks the winner of the lookalike contest because it's that damn good <laughs> That's a good lookalike. Or I was <laughs> Barry wins the Sting lookalike. Wouldn't be great if the lookalike betrayed Sting. <laughs> like Sting gets betrayed by a lookalike kid. He's so fantastic. <laughs> well, he kind of did. He peels off his wig and he's got a bald head. I'm a Nikita guy. <laughs> Just um, great. And I was actually kind of hoping it was Ron Howard's mom as well. She's been putting on paint in between matches. <laughs> She's. She's all psyched up, but she wipes it off with the American flag. Exactly, like, like, that's one hardcore bitch. <laughs> okay, so speaking of American flags, so the 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 new list, uh, our great president's big rally that he had, where the flannel shirt guy is becoming a big deal. Mm-hmm. On the left hand side of Trump, there's a clip of like a teenager in a MAGA hat. And she just starts wiping her nose with an American flag. There's no, no way. Like, she, yes. <laughs> like, it's like a clear, like, just straight up, like, bit. And, oh, someone put that out. They're like, yeah, flannel guy's all great, but, you know, make sure you stand during the anthem. And then here's this chick, like, blowing her nose with the flag. It's fucking hilarious. Yeah, on top of that, well, dude, we didn't Well, we even... have a lot of flags. <laughs> we... <laughs> right. <laughs> but no, I, I see what you're saying. We, Jeez, you know, one thing we didn't mention that. was that the old lady breaks out the flag during the Steiners match because fuck Japan. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, she's fuck, fuck not white. Well, dude, yeah. so she was probably there. <laughs> that's Take probably, that, Ocho. That's probably Kate Beckinsale. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, no. That's probably her. Oh, no. No. Oh man! <laughs> well, she remembers. You killed Josh Hartnett. Fuck! <laughs> I like the accent she gets. All <laughs> 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 underworld movies take place in Alabama. <laughs> Sorry, it came back in the vampires like going on for centuries. <laughs> God dang! <laughs> <laughs> it's one of my all-time favorite movie theater stories. When Underworld was coming out, there was somebody in the line at the box office that yelled out, "I want to see me a werewolf." 
and Lupe, so Brotherhood of the Wolf. <laughs> when you go to buy the tickets, everywhere it says, this movie is in French with English subtitles. And me and my friends are sitting there, and we come in, and like 20 minutes into the movie, the whole row behind us gets something and goes, what the fuck, man, they ain't speaking American. And this is not, they leave, like 25 people get up, like the whole family came, and we're pissed off. I didn't pay to read. <laughs> I mean, they leave. And it just made that movie experience a lot better than what it was. <laughs> They're, they're, a I swear it's the guy from the opening of of Ace Ventura, the U, uh, Miss, uh, the the UP, the guy who gets delivered the package. That guy. Oh, Randall checks Cobb. Yeah. <laughs> I don't give a. Rat. I swear this guy came up to the box office one day and he's like, All right, I want to see sitting lion, hidden Rottweiler, whatever the hell it is. And I was like, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Sure. <laughs> it's the best butchering I've ever heard of the name. Coming right up. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah. The guy just like had n- complete disregard for the title of this movie. He, was like, ah, he wanted to see Sean Connery anyway because Finding Forrester is out. Yeah, the one him. I always remember is a buddy of mine was working at the theater, and uh, these people came up to see Lady in the Water, and this lady just wasn't having it. Like in the line, she was like, "Yeah, just give me two for bitch in the pool." <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, split's not out yet. You don't know what you're missing. <laughs> She had already turned on Shyamalan. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it was fast and swift. Yeah, oh, I still remember that. Um, this this whole thing with the kid. Can we talk about this for a little bit? This kid <laughs> looks a lot like Sting. I'll give him that. He kind he really does. But I really do think he turns on Sting. He he sees him coming, and he doesn't tell him, and he just kind of goes and hides in the corner by his mother, and. Sting just gets absolutely annihilated, and then the kid is fucking hilarious. He goes over to Sting, and he, and like in my mind, like this is what I heard: Is your face pain okay? And because he starts like rubbing Sting's face, like John Travolta and face off, you know, just like it's it's me, the contest winner. Remember, (laughs) this kid did not know what was going on clearly, because when he sees first of all Sting come out, it's one of the coolest expressions. Like that kid is so excited. Really is. Yeah, that's genuine. And then but, uh, I want to see more about this mom. Then when Koloff comes out, <laughs> oh, the mom! I loved how how close Koloff got to the mother. I'm like, oh yeah. <laughs> Look, oh, it's yeah. me. It's it's the top like to, to for the cherry on top of this. If this was not a plant, is they clearly picked this kid out, and Sting had already done his face paint to match the kid. Yeah, that, is that was cool. Funny. That's like that's that's the the equivalent today of John Cena seeing a kid in like one of the old shirts going, oh hey, do you have one of the old shirts? Because I'm gonna go out and meet this kid, and like this uh, that that would be great. Um, but I mean, you guys don't think it was a plant because like that lady was acting right too I good. Kinda, the lady may be a plant. That kid the, does not look like he knew Sting was coming. Yeah, the, the way he reacts when Sting comes out, it was like, oh, I remember when he, when he used to be like to love wrestling like that. Yes. <laughs> Just, yeah. <laughs> Instead uh, of this, the days are long gone. I'm going to give every match a five. There you go. <laughs> fuck. You know, I'm going to do a podcast about wrestling, but I'm not going to watch it. I'm just going to read notes from a website and give opinions. The fuck you saying? Huh? No, 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 no. I'm not talking about us. <laughs> Okay. I was like, the fuck's that coming from? No, because we watch, we watch the shows we do. Okay. <laughs> That's where I'm getting Okay, okay. 
Jesus. I was sorry. I was just like, you accusing me of just not fucking watching this shit? I was like, God damn. <laughs> I like how you completely bypassed that he was talking about me. And just like, no, 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 no that's no. for me. No, no, <laughs> no, no, no. I thought I he was can't. zeroing in on me, like the, the camera angle with the Kita with the chain on his arm. Like, oh, there, here's the target. There he is. There's That's a good angle though, because they you, you didn't know he's there. You're like, is he coming? And then like, boom, he's within like feet. All it missed was Sting turning around and going, "Clever girl," and that would have been it. Yeah, it's so, really good. It's a great angle. Um, yeah, I I just I'm glad they did this because Sting got that quick win. They needed to do something to get Koloff's heat back. So I'm glad they did it. I'm. Again, like, you know, now it's like, okay, what are we setting up for a gimmick match or something here now? What are we going to do? Are we going to put the kid in the cage? Is that the dickhead in the cage? Is that what we're going to do is put the fucking kid up there and you got to get him out or something? They're going to wrestle for the custody of, uh, what was his name? Ben. ben. <laughs> Just, we're taking him from his parents and he's either going to go live in Russia or live with Sting in Venice Beach. <laughs> so... Here we go with here. Here's the next like um, we love our fans. So now we're gonna have a bruise cruise. Wow, we're oh. like you go to all these destinations and you have wrestlers on there. Like, and I and I'm just wondering like I doubt they're wrestling on there. So they just gonna set up tables and like all right, come on down, have some free shrimp and shake Luger's hand. Have a nice fucking day. I, I mean what. <laughs> 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 can you eat more shrimp than the one man gang uh no <laughs> well that's the answer no <laughs> our entire podcast could do that no, speak for yourself no I don't think I could <laughs> I don't think so I, I, he's a big dude <clears throat> Um. so now up next it's uh, a big match, I mean, with stakes at least. It's great Muda taking on Lex Luger with the winner getting a world title shot at Great American Bash. This is where it gets kind of confusing, where it's like, well, you're the U.S. champ. Don't you get one anyway? Like, what the fuck are we doing this for? But Muda is ranked number two, so kind of, they, they, they do try to give some legitimacy to it, but here we go. All right. First, they give us a, they give us a shot of Bill Kazmaier, because he's going to be coming in soon. We need to put a strong guy on the, on the card, so... All right. Um, Luger dominates this thing early. Muda gives himself a best of luck spot when he misses the handspring elbow. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> did you did, did did everyone rewind it? Yes. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Whoa! <laughs> it, it, it looked like a blo- uh, glitch from one of the games where the the animation doesn't register that the turnbuckle's there, and he just right. right through it. Yeah, the ropes. Don't, the ropes are always giving them problems. <laughs> yeah, just no. There are no ropes. That's the secret. <laughs> I, I, it was insane. And then to, to, we're gonna one up it, folks, because as Muda like you know locks and loads for some green mist, Luger's like ah uh-uh, ah forearm blocked it. <laughs> nope, power slam. One two three. Luger wins like in three minutes. <laughs> Fucking Luger kills this guy. <laughs> Kills this guy who like took Sting to the limit, like like Stinger got smoked with a green miss in the corner off a of Stinger splash after going twenty with the, going twenty with him, and Luger's like nah man. So it's clear Lex Luger is primed to get the world title if he's destroying the Great Muda like this on television. Good God, I mean 
I can only give it a four though, because I'm just like this. This just doesn't seem like. I don't know, man. When you're telling me these two guys are the top two contenders for the world title, and the one guy like just took the former world champion to the limit, and he gets eaten by Luger in four minutes, I'm sorry. That's just. Eh. What'd you think of it, Jay? Did you like it or not? What What'd you think of it? Well, uh, there's some really interesting commentary. Uh, Tony Schiavone says, we all know that Lex and Sting are very close and they've been together watching tapes and Jim Ross just cuts in. I visited Sting and Lex at the main event gym in Atlanta and he wouldn't believe what they were doing. <laughs> just like, <laughs> 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 wow. it's, there's a little more after it, but it's like, there's a pause. It's just like, come on, man. <laughs> like, what do you mean? Wouldn't believe if Tony Schiavone says they're watching tapes. You should have been like, I visited them at their gym, and yes, they were watching footage of Muda and Sting's match. Getting like that would have been great because I would believe that. You tell me, I won't believe what they're doing. I'm like, are they hanging out with big, ugly bears, Jim Ross? Is that what's going on? Back door to Borden. (laughs) (laughs) Y'all sure found a way to pass the time at the power plant. <laughs> oh, they try to wear you out the power plant. How many dicks they play the how many dicks can you fit in your butthole to figure out who really loves wrestling? Just go. Oh my Jesus. god. Jesus. <laughs> Good God. That really went someplace. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. If if you've listened to the, the Joe Rogan podcast with DDP for a sec he starts talking about the power plant and how you know how bad it was. He's like, oh, I was in my, I'm in my 30s when I'm going. And, you know, you do 50 Hindu squats and then you do 50 more. And if you get all winded by one, three sets of 50, you better stop because you're doing 500. He just made it like they're just going to come in and kill you, um, which I know it's part of the point. But it's just how he worded it. And, uh, but where like, did that, how did that go from there to like 80 dicks in the butt or whatever you're talking about? Yeah. What a leap by oh, no, 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 comes no, no, off no. of the Undertaker's shoulders with his splash. What a leap. <laughs> right. And that's wild. The Undertaker's standing on Doc's shoulders. We're doing the three man tower of doom, baby. Um, no, it's just because. Of mission. Okay. How- yes. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything he can't do? We'll win a Royal Rumble. <laughs> Wow. Where it's just because it's how incredible, like fucking just Jim Ross just like, puts this out there about you wouldn't believe what they're doing like in his 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 enunciation and, and everything on here is just making it like it's just so incredible that these guys are sitting down watching tapes and just that's where we're going with the just how dirty and nasty because it followed up though we know how close these two are like oh are we doing proto Chuck and Billy with Sting and Lex Luger? <laughs> but uh, you know it, it really sucked. Um, so what was your rating for the match, man? <laughs> I, I haven't gotten there yet because we're too busy. <laughs> yeah, we know. <laughs> but love Luger, Luger just goes. I'm going to do the one thing no one's learned to do. I'm going to block the green mist Who's by awesome. putting my form. <laughs> he does it with the hurricane helm pose. He's like, no, and just <laughs> perfect timing. And it visually it looks awesome because that mist is it's all over his forearm, it's all over like his cheek and his forehead, but his eye like his eyes perfectly clean. 
It's Lex Luger winning with a fucking power slam. We, we don't even get the torture rack for him to win a chance for a title shot. Three. All right, Charlie, what'd you think? I'm so excited. And then it just it just kind of all left me all at once. Um, but I will say that this was the... Uh, it was at this point that I realized that the main event for the Great American Bash could have potentially been Bobby Eaton versus the Great Buddha. And yeah, there you go. That was... I was like, that'll never fucking happen, but I, that sounds kind of interesting. Uh, I did put Muda almost kills himself. And, yeah, so this this block, like, this is this really weird. This is like the first time I've I've been aware of the mist before the mist happens. It was very obvious that this would be the perfect point to do it. And apparently Luger thought the same thing. And well, like, his face looked so weird after, after, his, uh, after the elbow came down. He's just like... Yep, and the power slam. Like I, I assume this was just because of TV time, because I thought this was a really shit thing to do to Muda, and um, although it makes Luger look like a monster, but like you said, well, like with Sting having such a hard time with him, and we all know Sting's a better wrestler than Luger, it just seems ridiculous. But uh, I gave it a. Th- unfortunately, I gave it a three. Yeah, he didn't even call for the rack. No, he didn't even call for it. Or his forearm. Right. I'm wondering, did he block... That's what I was wondering. Did he block the miss with the steel plate forearm? Because that's even better. (laughs) Yeah. That's what he did. He blocked it with the left arm. Is that the one that's got the steel plate? I don't know. They always kind of made it up. Yeah. Yeah. It would alternate sometimes. And I remember, like, like as a kid when I first got into wrestling, that was one of the, like, first real cool things that I ever heard was my dad tell me that story. Yeah. And it was like, Wow, it, it made Luger seem like basically like a six million dollar man. Yeah, you know, and it kind of gave him this mythical quality that was way more interesting than any character building like in pro wrestling could have done for him. Even so, though like the match ends up being garbage, but one of the coolest like things they added to that was like when Cornette was like, "Yeah, he's got to wear that elbow pad on the on the forearm. He has to wear it on there. <laughs> That's part of the stipulation of him wrestling Yokozuna's. He's got to wear that." Because uh, we don't trust it. Okay. But I was like, that's neat. We don't trust it. (laughs) Like, if you think about it as an adult, it just sounds fucking painful. He's like, oh, yeah, he's going to just ram him with his forearm that has a steel plate in it. I'm like, my God, wouldn't that hurt Luger? Exactly. Like, that sounds awful. Yeah. (laughs) Like, remember the finisher in, like, the old uh, Super Uh, Nintendo games? You You whip him into the ropes, you run into the other side, and bam! And and then he goes flying across the ring. Yeah. And then Luger poses. And, then Luger does a pose. and I'm like, fuck, Luger pin him. Poses. Just pin him. <laughs> just like, because you got to walk all the way across the ring, which is twice the size of a regular ring. It's bigger than this <laughs> ring. Old games just to get the cover. <laughs> oh, it's way bigger than this ring. Yeah. Oh. All right. So up, we get um, uh, a coming to arena near you. Stunning Steve Austin. Uh, it's that time. Birth here. Uh, the highlight video shows it, it gives it does it gives away that he's got the TV title already. Briefly, we get to see the stun gun, a few other Steve Austin moves that we'll never see in 1998, but that's okay. Um, Thanks, Owen. Yeah. Up next, we get Steve Austin and his uh, squash match taking on Jumpin' Joey Mags, who, <laughs> which is funny, both guys get a jobber entrance, unfortunately. <laughs> so, um, uh, Charlie, this one's yours, right? 
I guess so. Stun gun, two out of ten. There we go. It's twenty five seconds. That's it. <laughs> it's there's literally nothing you can say. Yeah. Other than what like the move, and then that's it. It's great to see Steve Austin, but it, like I wish he'd had more to do. Um, I mean, I don't even know how to fairly rate this. Is the problem? Like, I, I ended up giving and it I a two. Like an asshole. Yeah. For, but, but but I I feel. I feel like I can rate squash matches fairly well. Like if, if it's a, if it's like like the Oz match, like for a squash match, that's very entertaining. This is literally just bell rings, stun gun. That's it. And what the fuck? What was the point of that? Other than I mean, yeah, it doesn't really build Steve Austin because Joey Mags fucking sucks. <laughs> so I, I I don't see the point. All right, Jason, what'd you think of it? Anything? What'd you think seeing Steve Austin? Um. I uh, was in the process of writing down that they mess up showing him with the TV title and then the match was over um, <laughs> that quickly. Uh, I, we see the stun gun. Then the cameraman goes over to Lady Blossom to watch her jump around. And then it comes back and it's still been several seconds since Steve hit the stun gun. What did he do to, to jump into Joey Mags in the meantime? And then now he goes for the pin. He like we almost missed him. the end. Pissed hey, what? On him. Just pissed on him. Just whipped yeah, it right well, out. Why not? <laughs> Let me tell you something, but they Steve does make a give it to old Steve here to give himself a little bit to make sure it's TV time. He just points up, looks like man, my hair didn't even come undone. But he points at Lady Blossom and says, "Come here, baby." Like at least it's a little bit of character. And thank oh, yeah. God he hasn't talked yet, because if you hear Steve Austin talk, there's no way in hell you're gonna believe that he's from California. Right. <laughs> it's pretty wild. Like the he. I know Kurt Angle gets a lot for being a prodigy. It's like Steve Austin really did some incredible stuff from when he started to, you know, from to this point here. Like he gets out of USWA very quickly, which is really cool. Yeah. But we'll see. There's not. And he looks like a million bucks. Yeah. Yeah, he does. Like he's, he's huge. Yeah. Um, but I gave this a two. Like I said, I gave it a two as well. I mean, it's just. It's not his, I mean, these fucking matches that, like, I I, sw- I don't know which one it was, either Sting or the Steiners, or maybe that stupid PNU segment. Like, they're just these things that, unfortunately, took time away, and it's going to happen again here real soon. But first, uh, coming to Arena Near You, Black Blood. <laughs> um, I, Charlie, which I wrote... we don't even see tonight. <laughs> right. Charlie, I wrote, look at this fucking guy. Like, that was... <laughs> 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 That's a good description of him. But but the, the idea where he, he puts those execution bags over the dude's head before he does like that top rope knee, that's cool. Yeah. I mean, it's a little, but this feels like a direct, like, man, fuck The Undertaker. All right, up next, uh, the York Foundation announced their newest member. Alexander York brings out, surprise, Richard Morton. <laughs> Ricky comes out in his suit. But it's hard to take him seriously with the mullet. Uh, Morton says it's the greatest day of his life because once he signed that contract, he wouldn't have to sign any more autographs. Robert Gibson doesn't like this. He enters the ring and wants to know what's going on. He's uh, Morton stops Hughes and Taylor from attacking Gibson just so he can wallop him and then pile driver him. Dustin Rhodes comes in to make the save. That's that. What'd you guys think of Richard Morton in the suit? <laughs> I was thinking at least you could your hair. I was thinking more of like if Robert Gibson were to join the York Foundation, what would his first name be? 
I can't, I can't think of it. It's just like he's already got the name. Yeah, Charlie, I don't know what his name would be. Uh, Robert Gibson, I don't, I don't know. Like, what, what do you think it would be? What do you want like it to be? Robert Esquire? Uh, yeah, Gibson. Robert uh, Robert Gibson Esquire. Yes. Robert, yeah, prob- that's probably uh, the only thing you can really do. <laughs> but I did put rock and roll is dead. <laughs> yes. Which yeah, 1991. That was a hell of a year for uh, for the changing of the guard in rock and roll. So uh, I like the WCW's keeping up with the times. Except Ricky Morton still has a mullet. Like I know. it looks hilarious. Well, it him like, in that he suit. Didn't even put it in a ponytail. No. Did he? No. No, he comes out and says, yeah. hey, man, just changing it up. <laughs> Neck down, of course. This is new. Man. <laughs> yeah, it's like the, the suit's ill-fitting. I would have, like, in between, like, the, the turn earlier against Dustin, I would have, it would have been cool if he comes out and his hair's cut. I mean, in between that to, like, really let it sink in. But, nope, oh, we, don't, we don't even get that. No. All right, up next is the main event. Uh, we've got beautiful Bobby Eaton taking on Ric Flair in a best two out of three falls match with only 20 minutes remaining in the show. Jason, what'd you think of this? Uh, way too short for a two out of three falls match. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like, that's, that's in a nutshell. Uh, Tony says that he and Jim have waited six years to see this match. Mm. Okay. Um, you know, like, uh, here we go, Charlie. Jim Ross calls a shoulder block a football block, but this is the first, the first mention of anything football the whole night. So there wasn't a football mention for Dan Spivey. Hold on a second. I don't think so. Let's, let's, let's go to the videotape for a second. There are six football references on this show. Three for Tony, three for Jr. I didn't hear any of that's the first one. Maybe I wasn't paying attention or I'm so disappointed. Yeah, man, you call Phil Goat a liar. Are you calling Phil Goat a liar? No. Is that what you're you fucking doing? Goat. You get my goat. You're getting my goat. Everyone's in the crosshairs today. I'm bad blood. Bad blood, as he said. <laughs> uh, but it was the first. I mean, it's the first one that I noticed. Again, if they're not standing out. Um, most of Bobby Eaton's punches are great. There's a couple obvious whiffs we see. But, man, they look good and they sound good. That's that's part of the key. Um, the short arm scissor looks really painful, but they're in it way too long in the grand scheme of how much time this match actually had. Um, for some reason, Ric Flair's weakness has changed. Uh, <laughs> instead of his back, if Flair has one weakness, it would be his neck. When did that happen? I know. Like, this is my favorite part of this match, is when we come up with this narrative. Yeah, which is cool because then you're like, okay, well, finally someone's going to be doing something to Flair besides going after his And what's, what's really weird is when Bobby Eaton starts really targeting on Ric Flair's left arm with all these punches and focusing on one body part, in my head, I'm like, this is what it would look like if Arn Anderson and Ric Flair ever fought for the world title. Because just the way that, that Arn's style always is, it's, it's really strange. Um, it's just, I don't know. It, it's confusing of, of of a couple things. He goes for he gets to Alabama Jam. We get a, a, a three count. Everyone goes nuts, and then it sinks in. Oh yeah, it's a two out of three falls. Um, but I will say this: if this may be the first time ever in the history 
a wrestler with a top rope finisher goes for the move, but then notices his opponent is getting up. So then he starts climbing down from the turnbuckles and puts his opponent back down. I, I've never seen anyone do that. Everyone else just goes for it. I'll do something. Um, no, uh, it's Flair does a back body drop and everyone acts like he, I think this is after uh, the second fall, which was a count out because of, he pushes Bobby Eaton off and he hurts his knee and he's out there for a whole 10 count. And then the, the 30 second rest period, which is like a minute and a half, really. Uh, when he goes back in, players all over the knee like he should. Gonna be players setting up the figure four. But when this is it, this is what hits it. When Flair goes for this back body drop, it looks like he's gonna do his normal knee breaker, and either he gets up Bobby Eaton too high or something, he just goes over and falls. And Jim Ross and Tony Schiavone both act like they just call it like he just did the move anyway. It's really, really awkward. Um, this match just ends with a, a a really wet fart of a final fall. It's the, I've got you in the figure four, you're going to be laying down to try to relieve the leverage. Boom, I'm holding the ropes, one, two, three. And that's it. Um, the crowd gets the fuck out of there. <laughs> like, like, you look at it, like it's like one, two, three, boom. Old lady's gone, the enabler's gone, the front row's gone, wedding dress is gone, she's here's the chapel bells. Um, I really like this match until after the count out. Then after that count out, it was just so, I don't know if it was rushed um, or a paced wrong. It just felt really, really off. I gave it a five. That's not a bad rating. I think that's fair. Charlie, what'd you think of it? I had a fair amount of fun with it. Um, I really liked the submission move that Bobby was doing to Ric Flair. Um, I've never really seen that before. Uh, I don't even know what to call it. Probably a karate. Short of just... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the karate kick arm lock. <laughs> Short arm scissors, pretty cool. Um, I put Bobby flies into ring post. I don't remember what ha- happened, but it was apparently worth writing down. I did, you know, the typical Ric Flair. I'm going to chop you. I'm going to punch you. I, it, it worked pretty well here. I, I love seeing the Alabama Jam. It's such a cool move. I, I'm, I'm really, I really think Bobby Eaton does that the best. I, I, I love watching him do that move. Um, yeah, the finish is a little screwy, but I actually really did enjoy this match, uh, with the exception of the finish. I gave this a seven. Um, I gave it a five. Uh, if you would, if, if we were taking bets and was like, all right, Flair, Luger, and Stinger on a show, one of them's going to win with their finisher, their submission finisher. <laughs> Who's it going to be? If anybody said Ric Flair would have slapped him, like, that's fucking ridiculous. But, of course, like, lo, lo and behold, fucking Ric Flair wins with the figure four, which is like, like I don't know how many times I've seen that actually happen. I do like that like he's relentless with using the ropes, and the referee is just ready to leave himself. He's like, I don't, I'm not really paying attention. <laughs> Fuck it. Keep using the rope, Rick. It was, I was really glad it didn't end with a bullshit, like, oh... Time ran out. Oh, I'm glad they didn't do that. I really am because uh, I hate that. It gets really bo- it gets really old quickly on these TV shows. Uh, other than that, um, that's really about all you can. I, you guys covered pretty much all you can say about it. Um, it's a pretty good match, and it's really a shame. Like the thing that sucks is, and it's nothing to do with them, is they didn't have enough time. They need probably seven more minutes to really make it go to really sell that two out of three falls at the very least. Um, one of my favorites of a two out of three was probably Daniel Bryan and Sheamus 2012. Yes. 
That's a yeah, really that's good two out of three falls good. match. That's any match. That was the match after 28. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah they, they put on arguably the best match at night. That would have been their mini match. Wouldn't have time for that epic Randy Orton Kane match. God Almighty. Oh, Lord. Yeah, I remember that. Kane actually won, too. It was wild. Beat Randy Orton at WrestleMania. I was like, ah. All right. But anyway, um, we the last little bit that they give us here is uh, JR and JR and Tony recapping Sting and Koloff scuffle, the hardliners attacking the the, um, the Steiner brothers. Um, I'm pulling up. Charlie, are you done with the ratings? Because I'm looking up the. the no, no I, I, I haven't heard your rating. I'm, I, I'm sure you I, said it. I just didn't hear. I gave it four. Five. No, no, I gave it a five. Oh, five. Okay. All right. Yep. Let me get to work. And I'm going Time to go to work, Charlie. Looking to see if there are any good comments with this. No. No, that's actually like a pretty decent comment. I only like to read the the really like hilarious ones. The if you say like if you give just kind of a down the middle thing, like I'm just not interested. Alright. Um did did Melter give it anything here? I'm just if he gave Yeah, he gave Wow. He gave the Steiners and Hase and Chono four stars. Whoa. Wow. I like it. I just, I, I, wow, that's, that's strong. And he actually gave Bobby and Flair three and a half. That's, that seems relatively fair, I guess. But anyway. Let's see here. Yeah, that's not too bad. But I don't know. Bash is coming up. That'll be pretty interesting. What they do with Great American Bash, since now the Steiners are going to be yeah, injured. We'll be a year in. Yeah, we'll be a year. You're right. No, you're right. We'll be a year in at that point, which will be really uh-huh. cool. All right, Chuck, are you, do you have them? I got it. All right, cool. So, once again, I have this rated at the highest with a 4.46. Will, you're at the lowest with a 3.82. Jason has a 4.09. We gave Clash of the Champions 15, Knoxville, USA, a 4.12. Not far off. 4.86 from cagematch.net. So most people voting there have gone the same route as well. The dark match, just in case anyone cares, they gave six minutes to Ricky Nelson defeating El Cubano. Uh, Ooh. All right, anyway. Um, so we said next next match or next show is going to be Great American Bash 91. Um, yeah. That's the next one. Then it kind of pretty much alternates Clash and then whatever the next pay-per-view is after that. So be pretty cool. Uh-huh. Um, in the meantime, we're going to be recording Cops and Robertsons for the Real Change Movie Podcast for when did that come out? For What, what month is it, man, for 94 that we're in? What, what month is it? April. 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 Yeah, yeah real, real winter. So uh, if you want to hear some really engaging commentary about... <laughs> Cops and Robertsons and, uh, you know, the height of comedy in the 90s. I want to check out at Real Change Pod for that. Jason, you got anything going on? <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, no, there's nothing going on. Happy birthday. <laughs> well, yeah, it'll be, it'll be this week. I'll be 38. The week after, though... I am going to go see Chris Jericho's band play, so that might nice. be fun. Where's cool. that? Is that in Simpsonville? Yeah, that's cool. 
No, that's in uh, the the firmament in Greenville. Oh, cool! Nice. That'd be really cool. I wonder yeah, how that song I'd is live. I wonder how Judas is live. I bet that's pretty good. All right, Chuck. Do you have anything to add to the real change thing, or anything else outside of it? Uh, well, just um, the, the last episode we recorded, which is a bit of a doozy. We did the 25th anniversary special on the fugitive the movie and we really talk about the the franchise as a whole but uh that's a really good episode you should check that out if you're a fan of the film yeah yeah definitely at real change pod i'm at william rinkin 83 i'm at the jason keesler and i am at cm underscore steps and the podcast is at new blood pod on facebook at new blood rising podcast we will see you all for great american bash 91